Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to another episode of Remap Radio. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and this is episode 33. Oh my god, the Cylons are coming! 33! Every 33 episodes, the Cylons attack! That's a little reference for one of the greatest episodes of sci-fi television of all time. Uh, That's a timely reference, too. I'm sure there's lots of people who are still like, man, Battlestar Galactica, what a show. It was a good show. (laughs) It was a good show. Hold on, and this is a reference from the newer Battlestar Galactica, right? Well, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, okay. the one that matters. Okay. <laughs> I was just making sure because I, I watched that show. I do not understand the reference, so uh, I, it's fine. I don't remember it, but well, I was that aired originally for a in like two thousand five. Yeah, right? like we're yeah. going way, way when it started as a miniseries on Sci Fi. But part oh, of my damn, part of my like soul was. Old now? <laughs> yeah, don't like that. Uh, but no, like the the first episode after the miniseries was thirty three, where the Cylons just track down the human fleet and and attack it every thirty three minutes for like reasons nobody understands. It's really good. Anyway, you already hear, heard them, Ricardo Contreras. Hello, Patrick Klepek. Hi, and we also have Janet Garcia. Hello. So. You know, Patrick, there's there's lots of news, but here's the problem. Uh, in my other world, the biggest mm. news possible just dropped. Mm. Uh, like, I woke up uh, to people texting me that Lewis Hamilton is, like, going to Ferrari. Wow. And that might not mean much to y'all. <laughs> but this is like, this is like, Patrick, the year is yeah. like 1997. All right. And Jordan is going to the New York Knicks. Like, that is the... <laughs> Wow, that's the scale of announcement that just happened. We did happened. a three-peat, and he was like, "I need to take my talents elsewhere and bring a ring to New York." That's the one difference is like he won six championships with with Mercedes, but they haven't been good for a couple of years. Mm. So it's more like if he'd stayed through the like uh, Reinsdorf blows it up era a little bit. This is more of a Brady situation, which is like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to go win a ring somewhere else and then immediately go to Tampa and win a ring. (laughs) A little bit, but right, because Tampa just needed a quarterback and it was like, Mm -hmm. we just need a mercenary. You're going to go win a championship. This is like, this this is where the Knicks thing is a little more accurate because like Ferrari hasn't been great for a number of years. So it's like really interesting how this is going to play out. But anyway, in F1 world, like everyone's everyone's shit just got rocked this morning. Um, so I'm 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 all Twitter paid and I'm also sleep deprived because I was up till like five in the morning playing uh, the end of KOTOR. 
And listen, Austin's not here. You're living in a whole other year. Oh, my God, Rob. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Hey, you remember Kotor and <laughs> Battlestar Galactica? Talking to us through like a portal. <laughs> wow. Anyway, the point How is. How was it? Miserable. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kotor, Bioware RPG, right? Uh huh. You're always in a party. You always mm-hmm. got your crew with you. You've probably made choices about like specking out your character to like work with your party members. Hmm. What do they do for the last like hour of the game? They take away your party. And they're like, go one V one this guy who has this busted ass build that just like moots a ton of builds you could have chosen through the game. And really you either have you you either been like specking out to have one build to fight this guy, or you're gonna get your ass kicked and you're gonna have to cheese it. I don't know that I trust you, your interpretation of this, of this boss, like based on past history of specking, how you have, even how, even how you specked out in this game in particular, whispers across the internet. It just gives me pause on your interpretation of events of this final boss. Uh, Well, people are going to have to listen to a more civilized age to, to hear us dig into whether I'm to blame for this. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Patreon.com slash more civilized. Is that the, you are, I don't fucking know anymore. Uh, again, up it. till They'll 6 a.m. Uh, but oh, now now it's 6 a.m. I thought it was 5 a.m. Yeah, that is true. They did change by an hour. Well, then I had to put a grocery order together. Cause I was <laughs> Wait, so but. <sighs> OK, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So you yeah, finish that yeah, and then yeah. you're like, you know what? While I'm up, what if I was got something done? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, this needed to happen in the morning, but now there won't be a morning because I'm going to sleep through it. We need <laughs> a like if you give a mouse a cookie version of staying up late where it's like the way it just sort of rolls into itself <laughs> needs to be studied. Also, I, I I'm with you, Rob. You know, you may not have a lot of allies here, but I'm, I'm here and I'm I think we should abolish having games. We have a party and then mandatory one V one situations, because what was this all for? What was this you all can't. for? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The entire thing is like, ooh, like, hey, want to play with some fun synergies between characters' abilities? Yes. I'm like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they're like, now none of those exist. So how are those support par- powers treating you now? Like, if you if you do the thing where it's like, my character is going to just buff up his homies yeah. mm-hmm. and, like, beat ass together. Support yourself, And then it's like, you got no homies. <laughs> it's like, I'm a hype man like, with no... Yeah. <laughs> With no game. Time to hype yourself. Hope that works. The whole game is supposed to be like, I don't mind if it's optional. Like, as someone that barely beat Kingdom Hearts last year, because I also am living in a different era than everybody else. (laughs) Um, The stuff where it's like, and now you're 1v1. Like, I can't, like, I didn't do any, like, nothing leading up to this has prepared me for this skill. Like, it doesn't make any sense. No, no. I do, in in Rob's defense, look, I like for any reason to, to, to poke the bear, but. If you just Google KOTOR Final Boss, everything that comes up is the last boss of KOTOR is so difficult. The final boss of this game is literally impossible to beat. The final boss, the last boss of KOTOR is so difficult. It's an unpopular to say both final bosses for these games suck. So I think actually as much as I, I'm, I'm looking for, I think I'm, I might be able to, to let Rob buy on, on this one. It seems like there may be a consensus on fighting what's-his-face's uh 
not not great. It seems to be a lot of people exploiting med packs in order to to just scum their way. <laughs> oh, there was like things that I'd never done throughout the game that are like kind of cheese strats. <laughs> Suddenly I was like, okay, gonna go into the start menu and apply a med pack there rather than in the main <laughs> interface because you get like a free action that way. Uh <laughs> the the thing that was really like <laughs> I'm in danger was <laughs> I was like after a couple after a couple runs of this where like first you go in you get your ass kicked but you're like okay I wasn't taking it super seriously I didn't like take all my potions and all that you don't you didn't do all your steps it's right? like it's Dark Souls fight. like something that you're just like I'm just in here to learn the fight right I know I'm gonna die and then you like all right now hit me with the juice we're gonna get like the, gamer time like get real serious yeah we're gonna do all the stuff to prepare this character as best we can and i still got rocked maybe <laughs> worse and i was like that doesn't seem good because it's like there's no, the like i was like there's not a lot of other options i have there's not a lot of inventory stuff i can swap around like this is it this is this is my character i go on reddit and i find uh someone describing this boss fight and the issue they were having and then people were like, hey, tell us about your character. And I was like, oh, they're they're they built very similar to me. And then someone's like, yeah, literally, I don't think you can beat this fight. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. You don't have the force powers you need to beat this fight. Uh, so maybe drop it down to easy. And uh, how are you on grenades? Which did turn out to be my 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 strategy. I was like, I want to put it in easy, and then I'm going to. Man, what could be more epic in Star Wars than running around a death arena in circles, uh, tossing grenades behind you as a guy tries to chase you down? Uh, pretty, pretty epic. Move over, uh, duel of the fates. Uh, you know, we got we, we got a new <laughs> a, a new finale in town. Uh, so, you know. There's other news, of course, outside me beating Kotor and, uh, and Ferrari and, and, and Ferrari. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, since the game industry, most of the news is, you know, not great uh, as as we continue as we, as we continue to go through, uh, you know, this this uh, contractionary uh, period. Um, I guess to pick up a thread. So Blizzard has a has a new boss, Patrick, and, and tying into this, like I am curious uh, whether we got any greater sense about like who Microsoft actually let go last week. I, I saw the wow team was hit like oddly hard, or at least their game masters were, but I'm curious if we know more about like, yeah, there were, they there were even, there were even follow up uh, layoffs that happened to the esports division. Um, I think related to call of duty specifically following an event. Um, uh, not that I have seen that there is anything specifically targeted. This feels like a combination of, uh, you know, uh, redundancies as as calculated and cold as that sounds, combined with sort of targeted cuts based on, you know, an analysis of Blizzard and Activision as a as kind of a corporate entity. Um, you know, like Sledgehammer got hit with a number of cuts, despite the fact that they'll be on the hook for one of these mainline Call of Duties as 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 Call of Duty continues its sort of annualized cycle between a, a several studios, but. I don't know that we have a great sense that, ah, like here here was the targeted mapping. Uh, I mean, but one of those ways that we might have a sense of what's happening going forward is uh, uh, Joanna Ferries uh, is now the next president of uh, a Blizzard. This comes from uh, Bloomberg, um, uh, from Jason Schreier and Dina Bass, uh, two reporters over there. Um, 
this new this new leader is in charge of the Call of Duty, uh, or previously was in charge of the Call of Duty unit uh, over at Activision. Is succeeding uh, Michael Yabara, uh, was a longtime Blizzard employee who was at Blizzard, went to Xbox, came back to Blizzard, and then Xbox bought Blizzard, and he said buy or was pushed out. There was speculation on what exactly uh, resulted in Yabara uh, actually exiting Blizzard seemingly for the the final time of this cycle. Um, but Ferry started at Activision in, in 2018, uh, sort of on the Call of Duty esports side. Uh, she was also at the, the NFL for 12 years uh, as an executive, uh, and then uh, was sort of helped shepherd a number of Call of Duty games from a sort of executive level. I've seen mixed response to this appointment, uh, you know, as I just outlined in terms of her track record, not necessarily a long time in video games, but if you look at Blizzard top down, they've had difficulty shipping games, producing games. They've had so many projects that spend five plus years in development only then to be spun off into something else to try and save those five plus years of development. You know, see Overwatch. I forget Project Titan, I think is that what was called uh, prior to. And, you know, Overwatch, at least for a time, was a good game. And maybe there is a. <laughs> argument to the process of giving studios a long time to cook and coming out with something special on the other side. Um, But given sort of the chaotic nature of Blizzard over the last 10 years, despite whatever good games they may have put out uh, in the process, uh, the most charitable interpretation of having her come in is, look, this might not be the the most video game ass person, but maybe it's an adult in the room that just helps the culture of the studio Mm -hmm. get in order. Uh, um, that said, you could also look at it like, hey, Call of Duty just churns out a game year over year, largely based on the name alone. Is that ultimately where you would want Blizzard to end up? Well, not just that, but it's like, this is one of those resumes where it's like, we got a seasoned hand here. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. a seasoned hand managing properties that just print money. Like, does anyone actually think Roger Goodell is like a particularly brilliant or insightful person? you know business (laughs) businessman no the nfl just like he's good with the billionaires makes money it just gets more popular people love it it is one of like it is the most like valuable product in the united states essentially so if you're an nfl executive i think there's like a bit of a halo effect of like i was part of that and it's like i feel like a lot of people in nfl management uh you know, you could probably replace them with that like brick on a string that pops up in that episode of The Simpsons, where where uh, Homer goes on goes on sick leave. Uh, oh yeah. God, my references, Jesus Christ! I, I was thinking to, that too. I, was I know, I know, anything. I know. But, but I too Simpsons am a victim of Simpsons references. I understand. The problem is really good images in that yeah. show. Uh, but it just it, it feels like someone with this background. It is you know. They have experience being an executive in roles where, like, the thing just kind of hums along and succeeds no matter what anyone might do to fuck it up. And although then someone did at, fuck up Call of Duty this year, so uh, you know, I mean, that would be the <laughs> counterpoint is that Call of Duty for the first time was not the top selling game of the year. Game sales are difficult to track these days because game publishers, platform holders do not release or selective release digital sales numbers, and so we have to go on physical sales and estimates uh, alone. But, you know, Hogwarts Legacy sold, I think, 23 million copies uh, last year, according to 
it's not the NPD group. I forget what their Circana, I believe is what they are, are called now. Um, and that, that for the first time dethroned call of duty as the, uh, the best selling game of the year. And, uh, I think there was reporting, uh, again from Schreier and, and other places that that call of duty game was a horrifying production, a game that was not supposed to be a mainline call of duty game it was an expansion pack that turned into a, a mainline campaign game and was just a mess top to bottom. And so how involved was yeah. well, this person in that esports side of, of call of duty? But then again, Activision esports has been a huge money. Sa- like correct. The, the like, Hey, go build something. Good work at the NFL. Go build something like that for us. That didn't pan out. So there, there is just a little bit of like, I don't know that this is the suit I would necessarily look at as like, and now this house is going to be put in order. But I do, it does feel like Blizzard's, Blizzard is a house that is extremely disordered. I suspect that has a lot to do with the fact that you had a toxic leadership you know, cohort for years. Uh, and then they famously underpay people. And so yeah. you have a missing middle where you had like, you know, the old heads you know, the, the toxic, the toxic bros. And then you have a bunch of people who are like kind of struggling along in, you know, positions that are underpaid, especially for, uh, California who, you know, those folks probably peace out right around the time they would be being cultivated, uh, as like your next generation of like leads and such. Um, so I, I don't know to, to, to like, it does feel like Activision has, uh, has kind of ran Blizzard into the ground with some help from Blizzard. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they got to do something. Um, I don't know that, you know, this hire is it, but also uh, like I, I know so little about uh, what, what fairies would have done in her respective roles with the NFL and COD esports. Uh, you know, who knows? Right. And it, 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 you, it could also very well just be someone who is, hey, we just need somebody who has run an organization while we figure out what the next 10 years of this organization is. You know what I mean? Like I could full, I could I could very much see this being, look, this is a fucking mess. We don't know what's going on with this studio. What the, we just canceled a six like a six year survival game and laid off. a. T- you know what I mean? Like what is the pipeline at Blizzard? It seems like a fucking mess. Like Overwatch 2, very messy. Diablo 4, uh, like, like they brought in a ringer. Like, who's the uh, shit? Who was the producer that was on Bioshock that then went Oh, did in they and, bring in Rod? Yeah, Rod Ferguson? Fer- Ferguson, Ferguson came in years ago. <laughs> like, when Diablo, and, and, but then immediately, almost like right before launch, uh, there was a Washington Post article that was like, boy, that development was a fucking nightmare they really just uh uh ground people into dust to get that game out the door but that's what rod ferguson does he might grind you into dust the game ships and diablo 4 shipped i'm not defending the process at all but that's why you hire someone hey, like him of, again as we've when when, the, when this exact guy has come up before lots of people can grind your team into dust <laughs> not Levine all of included. them can get a game out of it <laughs> so that's true <laughs> Can the band make you feel like shit, but then you'll just make a game over and over for seven years before he decides, you know what? I need to work by myself in a basement and just show a Bioshock game 10 years later. <laughs> Judas, I can't believe that game. Just anyway, uh, I, I, I think it's one of those things where we'll know probably the less we hear, the better. Right. Like if this person just disappears into the background 
and then Blizzard is able to start making things. Like, it's just stuff we won't know for years. Games take so long to spin up. Games are so, uh, such a, like, five to ten year plan, especially for the online connected, live service connected games that Blizzard does. I don't know that we'll ever know whether, like, if basically, if Jason Schreier doesn't report that she's a toxic leader in, like, 24 months, then I guess she sort of did her job and was, like, just a steward of a of an organization while they figured out what the their bar is, is at. Did we have to rename a major character because of <laughs> yeah. you? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked yesterday. I mean, this this thing like we're laughing about it, and like I assure you, we don't take it lightly. It's just so like it's absurd. The yeah. bar is so low. Like the standard of leadership and behavior is so like comically awful in some of these places. Uh, that, yeah, it's, it's, um, and, and yeah. And you're also in a position where like at, at times you do look at someone like Rod Ferguson is like, yeah, I understand why you got to bring that guy in. Cause like, you know, in a world full of, uh, you know, managers who will, you know, burn people, burn money and not deliver, uh, you know, just the, just the ability to deliver, uh, at any cost becomes like a distinguishing trait, um, a mark of excellence. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the kind of mark of excellence we used to associate with Blizzard, I am curious. It does feel like, I guess the last thing I'll say on this, I can see there being an advantage of bringing someone in with no real prior connection to Blizzard because the problem right. with the, since the cycle started when Morhaime departed and who was the guy they brought back? He was like a Blizzard co-founder, but he was clearly Activision's like guy um mm. it wasn't Ibarra, but it was the it was the dude who was kind of at the front of like all the bad stories coming out of out of blizzard um but they've had i mean but that's that's the story of blizzard right is like it, it is long-standing people part of a culture that defined yeah. the company at its origins that no longer exists or the parts of it that still exist have created a complete nightmare and you can see the argument for just bringing in look you don't even have to understand how this place works, but can you like ju- just be different, just be not associated with the past while they figure out what the actual future yeah. is? I, I certainly see the argument of they've tried the, hey, let's bring back the old guard. Now, maybe just bring in guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we also have like layoffs and cancellations are ongoing. Um you know, obviously, we're it's hard to match the scale of what happened at Microsoft and Activision last uh, la- last week. But uh, so we got Sega of America laying people off, Patrick. Yeah, uh, we got this because at least in California, you have to file uh, what's called a, a warn notification, which is that basically when a layoff, um, I think it hits a certain number of people or like that's the plan from the company they actually have to file something with the this state vice um, always targeted just below that threshold <laughs> <laughs> um so uh they're they're currently set to uh and this man this speaks to our times i'm just going to read from this uh games industry biz article um <laughs> which is sega of america sets to lay off 61 employees on march 8th the information emerged via a post from what layoff on social media and is confirmed by a warn notice filed in Orange County, California on January 8th. What layoff uh, is a uh, uh, an account on Twitter 
the bio is wondering what layoff just occurred. Follow for real-time verified updates on layoffs worldwide. Um, I mean, it, it's a useful uh. tool, but one that <laughs> is yeah. just It's like tsunami fucking. warnings for layoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I guess that's where, where people kind of picked up on it. Originally, I'm sure it's scraping, you know, sort of filing data um, to, to bring that to the forefront. So, um, yeah, it's 61 employees. It's from Sega of America. Um, they did, uh, let's see, did... Sega hasn't released a statement, but um, the Allied Employees Guild improving Sega, which I think was, you know, uh, a union uh, related to the company, uh, did release a statement uh, saying that, uh, quote, uh, they'd been in negotiate. Well, uh, prior to the quote, they've been in negotiations with Sega since November trying to negotiate these impending layoffs. So this is something that the union apparently has been aware of. Quote, through our union efforts, we were able to save more than double the number of saved jobs and offer severance to our temp workers, the union said. This, however, does not take away from the fact that many of our coworkers are being laid off in a decision we believe will have negative impact on the working conditions of those who remain with the company and in the quality of our future games. In spite of this, we remain committed to fighting for our coworkers and for the betterment of our industry. In the face of mass layoffs that continue to happen across gaming companies, we stand united and in solidarity with those affected. Uh, probably what's at least worth pointing out here, because this does come up, Whenever there are unions uh, inside, like there aren't that many unions in video games, but there are unions and the layoffs still occur. Unions do not prevent layoffs from occurring. Um, But if you parse this statement, what can happen is they can help get better guarantees for workers impacted. They can be a line of defense when sort of these kind of like mass crisis events happen with a company. Um, so a union cannot stand up their hand and go, don't lay those people off, but it can do things like offer severance to temp workers. It can like, in our case, uh, we had a lawyer that was negotiating with the company to ensure that we like got, it's probably the single most valuable thing our union did a hundred percent by far. Um, and prior to the last round of layoffs, usually at least like vice actually sort of went above and beyond what was required. It was only the last, round the layoffs that they really start putting the screws to people. But right. the fact that like there was a union lawyer who just handled all the negotiation for severance uh, and navigated the, um, you know, the bankruptcy stuff was, was a godsend because nobody, nobody had bandwidth for it. Nobody has an understanding of how to, to navigate that yourself. And no, how, you, how you just to parse all these filings, like these, like, you know, you know, even in my case where, you know, I accepted a partial buyout on the severance just because I didn't trust that it would go any further. And fortunately for Rob, like it actually did. And that's awesome. But like we had steps along the way where the union helped us make calculated choices based on essentially like our personal risk factors and outlined. Here's what we think is possible. Here's what we think could and couldn't happen. And even the case where the severance I was still owed then went into sort of a legal arbitration status where you have to like file some paperwork like. I couldn't parse that paperwork, but they sent me a PDF that was marked up like, just fill out this, this, and this, send it to us, we'll file it on your behalf, and when this is all settled, hopefully you'll claw something back. But even if you don't, like, it's the kind of thing that I never would have done. I would have just said, fuck it. I got what I got from the buyout that I took from the company on on the severance, got like two-thirds of it. Um, I'll just let the the other third rot. Um, And maybe I'll never get any of that. But the fact that they had a lawyer and representatives that walked me through the process to possibly claw back some amount of the rest is, again, those are things that unions can do, even in situations where they cannot explicitly prevent 
people from losing their jobs. And so um, it's not everything, but when you are faced with losing everything, having something is like what helps you like hang on and hopefully pivot to, to the next thing. So I just thought it was like worth pointing out, um, especially when you have situations which are rare in video games where unions are involved, um, how they can be helpful even when they can't actually stop the entire tide from, from hitting. Yeah. Um, all this stuff lands a little differently. The minute you like always remember when you hear like the severance people got it's taxed like a windfall. Just yeah. remember that. That is the part of this that like gets taxed as a bonus, I believe, in yeah. most yes. places, if not all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So well, it certainly was for us. Fifty <laughs> percent tax on your severance, which is, you know, theoretically supposed to help you bridge the sudden loss of your employment and let you continue earning what you were making before. Well, you figure out the next thing, but effectively, no, you're getting half of what you're making before uh via via the severance so that's that's always something i, I you know I, I do bear in mind with this like it's it's industry standard it's just how the how the tax code is is set up um but it is one of the like more infuriating parts of this uh because severance severance is important and the company is spending <laughs> that money uh it's just that it's being taxed um really hard on the on the employee side so uh, you know, more severance is is great. It's great people are getting getting severance. Uh, but also, when you hear like six months severance, that basically means three months pay. Yeah, like that's, and that's I fully a really different. World. I fully thought a mistake had happened when I got my <laughs> severance because I was under the cap, right? Like uh, I was getting the mm-hmm. full lump sum, but it was much lower than <laughs> the number I had. We well, should explain what that we explain yeah. what that means. So it's like based on seniority. Um, what you're being paid, like it's kind of like how much did you accrue in severance? Yeah, Rob and I, having been there for a long time, making X amount of money, we were owed above this certain arbitrary number, and if yeah. you were below that, you could just get everything you were owed and not have to go into a process of negotiation right. with the company, and and you were you were under that and got everything, but the quote the word everything, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, doing a lot of work there. Um, and I think in theory, the idea is that because it goes to taxes, if you've overpaid at that point, you'll get it back. You'll get some of that back, but it's like, you got to fucking wait for taxis and hope that it works out. The numbers work out in your favor. Uh, it's not great. Just like put some good thoughts out there. You know, just hope that. Good good vibes going into into tax season. You know, you know how it'd be. If you don't Um, have any actual ability to do anything, you can just be like, well. IRS, I'm sending you my energy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's who really Uh, needs it. (laughs) The the little company knows the IRS. Well, the IRS is going to be like, thank you. And I I sent and I return to you my love and (laughs) love in this case being hopefully a big refund check. Uh, (laughs) You know, fingers, fingers crossed. Uh, Also, Patrick, how many times can Deus Ex die? Uh, (laughs) Yes, unfortunately. uh, What was um, Uh. What was the name of the last one? Mankind Divided. United? Divided, yeah. Divided? Mm. That was yeah. the sequel? Divided We yeah. Stand, United We Fall, something? Something like that. Okay. I don't know. No, Mankind um, Divided. Human yeah. Revolution, Mankind Divided. Ma- right, good. right, 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 right. So the second one ends on a cliffhanger. Um, uh, and, you know, the that game, a, a proposed third game never never got picked up out of out of pre-production. Um, that first game sold pretty well. Uh, it was pretty, I mean, I adored that first game. I thought it was a like wildly successful 
uh, continuation of of Deus Ex as an immersive sim, and like Jensen was like fun enough, and it, like I just Montreal did a, I thought a, a great a great job on that first game, and the second game was all right, um, and uh, it didn't might it didn't, be worth revisiting. I think it's like a little more than all right. It's mm. like it's really cool. It's ambitious. I honestly think one of the big problems with it is like to this day it doesn't run particularly well on any system. Um, it's, it had it's a huge a really performance weird, issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which definitely colored a lot of the uh, talk about that game when it when it when it came out. So you know, I mean, I think people had made peace with well, Deus Ex never see. It seemed like an unlikely franchise to come back at all, and so the fact that we got two games out of it seemed all right. Well, you know, sometimes you count your blessings. Uh, and then a new blessing was that uh, you know once uh, Square divested itself from a lot of its uh, like studios in North America. They got picked up by Embracer. That included Crystal Dynamics. That included included uh, Idos Montreal. Um, and Idos Montreal, uh, when all this happened, uh, you know, about mm, a year and change ago, uh, had been, according to, to Jason Schreier, uh, had been uh, working on a couple of different games. One was a Stranger Things-inspired, quote, kids on bikes game. Um, that one got canceled. Um, but they were also working on a new IP, a new Deus Ex that was at the time extremely early um, and then kind of like co-development partnerships, including working on um, Xboxes still kind of like we've fables been announced, but we haven't seen a whole lot of what that game uh, actually is. Um, anyway, like Embracer as it is like every day wakes up and looks at a company and takes out a knife and then cuts off a couple of limbs. Uh, Idos Montreal was the latest one on the chopping block. Um, 97, uh, employees uh, were laid off, and as a result of that, they canceled the still unannounced uh, Deus Ex uh, video game, which we didn't know much about. It was still early in the production process, but one that was, you know, if we're talking about the the distance between, uh, you know, the initial report about being in development and this this moment of layoffs, my guess is that is around the time that a game is going to be staffing up to go from a pre-production phase to a production phase. And uh, that's where game development gets a lot more expensive. Um, and that probably becomes a very convenient time for Embracer to step in and say, nah, like just don't make, don't make that game. Um, so, you know, I just want you to put out a statement uh, that I'll, I'll read from, uh, from social media. For the last 17 years, our teams at Eidos have worked on some of those beloved brands in the industry, combining deep storytelling and innovation into unique games we have created memorable, multi-awarded experiences that we are proud of and we know our team members have put their heart and soul in all of them. The global economic context, the challenges of our industry, and the comprehensive restructuring announced by Embracer have finally impacted our studio. The difficult decision has been made to let, 97, to let go 97 people from development teams, administration, and support services. We are working to support all impacted through this transition. These very talented, highly experienced people are entering the employment market and we want them to find... Their next projects and are helping them to do so. As we navigate these difficult times, the well-being of our team is our priority, and the continuous commitment to creating games that players will be able to enjoy in the nearby future. To our players, it's oftentimes uh, not just the games, but the game makers as well that we all celebrate and admire. Our commitment is always to making the best games for our amazing fans, and even with this restructuring change, we continue to fight on to deliver those awesome experiences for us to share together. Thank you for your continuing support and well wishes. I struggle to have much to say other than Embracer is going to Embracer. Like they made a giant bet. It didn't work out. And 
they are just continuing to enact cruelty on every studio that had the misfortune of being vacuumed up by them in the last embraced in the last uh, 24 uh, months. Um, It's it's hard to fault. uh, You know, again, like every circumstance is different, but it's given the, the broad strokes of what Embracer has done over the last six months or so. It's like incredibly difficult to look at this other than just Embracer's fuck up as opposed to anything that was going on at Eidos Montreal or any reflection of their plans for Deus Ex or any other projects they were they were building. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's certainly one of the story not just happening in games where, you know, the people acquiring a, a product don't know what they're doing with it and aren't actually like capitalized enough to sustain the operations that were heretofore reasonably successful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's bleak. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it feels like, uh, you know, th- things are always going wrong, both that property and that studio. It just al- always feels like there's, there's never, never good news, uh, you know, a- attending an IDAS Montreal headline. And there's certainly no good news attending anything, uh, to do, to do with embracer, uh, these days. What one small, um, it's even amidst layoffs, but it's like the kind of stuff that we've talked about. Kato, you, I know this is especially stuck like with you when we like hear about this stuff. So there were layoffs at um, a studio called Airship Syndicate, um, which are ex Darksiders folks uh, primarily. If people remember that that Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse game, the, yes. the first of which I, I really I really love the first Darksiders. Um, they went on to make a, a bunch of actually like mostly really great games battle chasers night war uh darksiders genesis uh uh, the, uh like the best of the league of legends games ruined king mm. um and then most recently a game called wayfinder um and that game was in partnership with digital extremes who does warframe and basically digital extremes didn't want to continue that partnership and so i think this is mostly related to probably the closing of riot forge and mm-hmm. this partnership with digital extremes uh, coming to to an end um, but I just want to quote from Nicole Carpenter over at Polygon, um, who first reported on the layoffs. Confirmed 12 people are laid off. Um, President Ryan Stefanelli and uh, CEO Joe Maduera will cut their pay too. Uh, huh. Quote, this decision was made to ensure that Airship Syndicate continue to, to operate and deliver great experiences, a representative tell me. It's not often you see execs taking pay cuts. That's quoting from Nicole's tweet. No. Um, that's, again, like the least you can ask for from teams and like that again, you know, yeah. I, I just, it's, I thought it was worth pointing out in a sea of every other company when this happens, not seeing any sort of acknowledgement that this I mean, maybe that deal with digital extremes, not their fault. That was out of their control. Riot Forge, not their fault. And so maybe they just take, you know, in the most charitable reading, they took two bets that seemed good. And sometimes like, they, like the hand doesn't deliver. Right. So, you know, so the house wins, but when that happens, whether it feels like the, it falls on you or not, whether it's bad circumstances or bad decision making, I just at least wanted to acknowledge like one studio seemingly trying to, in the course of taking jobs away from people, acknowledging some sort of complicity on behalf of the management in charge, the developer. And, you know, it, it's at this smaller scale where like they're probably not even making I mean, obviously they weren't making enough to save the 12 jobs, but also like this is, this is, um, this is the thing that like, you don't ever see it at the, at the scale of like the CEOs that actually make enough that 
a, a significant pay in their cut and a, a significant pay cut would save like a ton of jobs so it's un, it's unfortunate but glad that someone's trying to do the right thing out there um uh also i think we've used this example a few times uh because you know he's well known the wada pay cuts i've since learned since the first time i i said that into a microphone that is required by the japanese government that is a that is a law actually that corporations in Japan have like the CEOs have to take pay cuts. Which like which how do we like, get that over here? Yes, is this is exactly as soon as I read that, I was like, <laughs> that is where I was going. It's like on. a better world is fucking possible. I, think, I like um, stuck my head out. I was like, wait, y'all got rights? What's going on? What's yeah, what? Well, excuse me. Walk down the hall. I think it's called the guillotine. I think we just get a bunch <laughs> yeah, of those. That's, that's um, how we get it over here. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, like, like, there's other parts of that that model that I'm not sure you want. Like it's like there are, I think there are things that come of a piece uh, with, you know, the sort of reputation that, you know, like in like in a lot of uh, like highly developed economies where you see like if you can get in the door at the at a good company, you got a great career ahead of you. And then there's growing numbers of people locked out. Not that different, I guess, from what we deal with over here. There's just more churn. Uh, but yeah, yeah the the notion that there would be like actual checks placed on mm-hmm. executive compensation uh, is is pretty <laughs> revelatory. Oh, I um, would never. Yeah, it like feels impossible in the states, at least as far as yeah. like the sort of. <clears throat> Like, well, I think uh, I feel like it goes against, you know, when we think about like what is American ethos at large, like right. it is fundamentally a country that it is about like, you know, go out and get after it. And hey, whatever you grab, that's all fair game. Like, don't worry about <laughs> anybody else. Like, just kind of it's very individualistic in that sense. And that's just yeah. like, obviously, you know, I'm sure there are there are good things that come with that. But it also comes with a lot of, I think, what many would agree is bad. Um, so yeah, it does, it does feel like we're a long way away from having that at like a regulatory scale. I think when you see how many other facets are unchecked in terms of like how much wealth a single person or company is yeah. allowed to yeah. have, um, it doesn't really seem like we would pivot anytime soon, <laughs> but I do think, um, really, you know, tying it back to the story, like what's cool about it too is like a light glimmer of hope that like if enough people were to do this, it could become you know, just a little bit more common. I don't think it'll ever be the norm right. because of what we just discussed. Like, I think that's a little too much wishful thinking, but it doesn't hurt. Like it, it's cool to have that happen. Um, it's the more we have spaces that are, you know, and this is kind of, again, just taking this one single factoid, doing the right thing, treating workers well, like it, th- the industry will always like allow for what it allows for. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, when we talk about the um, advancements that have been made in like society in terms of how like workforce is treated. Right. Where people will always bring up, Oh, we didn't always have the five day work week. People had to fight for that. You know, we can do it again. We can get the four days. Like that's a big conversation that people come back to. And it's like, yeah, progress doesn't happen until it happens kind of thing. So yeah. Do I think this is going to, you know, be a new wave? Um, No, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's something and the more we can get people on board with this kind of thing and make that the norm, like it would be great for the, you know, us to start turning the question more on executives and leadership. And while a lot of people are obviously asking those questions that, you know, that pressure hasn't changed anything at this moment, but you know, maybe one day it can have a bit more of an impact. 
the part of this that I'm always like, the thing I always want to know, and in a smaller company, it's going to be less of an issue. But even people making the gesture of like, I'm taking a pay cut or, you know, uh, going on a salary for a year, I'm always curious, like, what are your equity options too? Like, just what are, what are the other forms of compensation you get? That's <laughs> right. Again, if you're a small company, that's kind of like more of a lemonade stand business model where like we make game, we sell game, we pay people out of the proceeds <laughs> of that. Uh, that's not really a, a thing you would necessarily have to worry about. Uh, but the minute you, you know, you've got uh, options and, and uh, you know, stock in something uh, it becomes kind of a, a, a question of, you know, to what degree is the top line number, uh, the part that's easy to track, the symbolic commitment to like it's just a I'm, shell game. You've just moved that money somewhere somewhere else. I'm to, in the to, trenches to, with to you. <laughs> and it's like because at the highest level, well, th- this is kind of the funny thing. I feel like even this has changed, uh, you know, in the time I've been like doing this. I feel like there was a time when like executives like obviously like executive pay kept going up. But the real money wasn't in their salary. It was in the stock options that they would get. Like it was that was kind of the shell game was like, yeah, they'd be making a big salary. But then where they were actually like getting their wealth was the fact that on top of that salary, they would get really favorable terms for getting equity in the company uh, they were they were managing. And now it feels like I just when I look up like. Uh, executive comp also just the the salary figure is nuts too uh it's like we're gonna give you the big salary and the big equity um and you know this is this is why you see you see graphs of like uh executive compensation versus like the median worker at a company like after world war ii versus now it went from like they used to make like 10 20 times as much as like the median worker to like a thousand yeah. Uh it's it, it gets really absurd. But that's you know, it's there are CEOs like of a small company where like that's not really an option, and then there are people who are effectively like managing an asset for others. And I'm always, you know, curious what, what world we're in. But I don't know, the the other thing that sometimes occurs to me too, like I remember feeling this way about like, you know, when we were going through rounds of layoffs. The thing that, like, it was infuriating the degree to which, like, yeah, there was no question. Like, executives were not, like, in the trenches with us. They were not going to. No, they lo- they looted the company's finances right before they did the mass layoffs. <laughs> but even for years before that, it's like. They were stealing from the trenches. So, like, hold on. I'm <laughs> well, using that. This is mine now. <laughs> wow, those trenches don't have a lot in there. Well, what happened? Yeah. And, again, like, it's probably less of a thing as small. Like, again, it's a. For a lot of reasons, it is a tough environment for people making games right now. It's a, especially for like smaller companies. But you know, in our situation, I think even before we got looted, uh, you know, sometimes like if our former CEO and director of our division had been like, "We're taking pay cuts," uh, I would like my feeling also would have been, I would just rather you not be making decisions anymore. Like that's just that's just me. Where it's like I don't need you to make less. I need somebody to make. I need somebody else to maybe uh, you know step in here. Um, so that's that's always that's always a weird a weird part of this too. Uh, where it is, I like the expression of like like executives taking responsibility for where things have gone. Uh, if it's gone badly enough, though, there are times where like the responsibility is like we might need to tag somebody else in here. Um, harder to do in a in a case where there's like 
system wide issues uh, that that everyone is sort of struggling against. Um, let's see here. Do we want to talk about? Uh, I was going to say you, you, you. In some ways, you brought up a perfect yeah segue <laughs> to a podcast we ran, ran earlier this week that <laughs> touches on a lot of these issues. Yeah, that is that is that is a good one. Uh, the the immortals of Avium uh, d- discussion, which I think probably also unfortunately ends up being a good prompt for discussion of the new Prince of Persia game. It feels like mm. it's a mm. similar sort of situation based on what we're hearing, where it's like people who played this game seem to dig it. It's like pretty cool, pretty good. For whatever reason, seems like maybe landed with a thud. Yeah, I do. I mean, they 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 they're charging fifty dollars for that game, and and Ubisoft does aggressive price cutting. Um, games their games go on sale really fast. I, yeah, I get what Rob is pointing to is a uh, there was a report that um, I think it was from Insider Gaming that th- roughly three hundred thousand people had played the new Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown um, since launch. Uh, it's, you know, unconfirmed from Ubisoft. We don't know what their internal expectations were for the game. Yada yada yada. A lot of lot of missing data, but you know this is a game that Jan and I are have been and are extremely yeah. high on. I I think there's like a really good chance that it is like it'll be vying for my favorite game of the year. Yep. Like unfortunately, Dragon's Dogma Two is also coming out, so I apologize to Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown in advance. It'll be in the conversation. My feelings shift, you know? <laughs> but it's gonna be like it is. I and that 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 feeling has only grown where. Over the last week, I I I uh, hustled in to to finish the game so that I I could get to the other side. And that game, I mean, Jan, that game only gets better. Oh, yeah. With I I am shocked at how that game's ability to keep surprising you once you've hit the ten, mm-hmm. the fifteen, the twenty hour mark. There is just so much interesting stuff, features, uh. Uh, gameplay additions, like mechanics you haven't exploited properly. There's just, it's just a, re- a remarkable game. The story kind of left me flat. I was sort of yeah. neither here nor there on the story that it's actually telling, but I, I'm rarely playing these style of games for that anyway. Yeah, um, and so I don't, I don't really knock the game that much for, I think it tries. Like, I don't think it's like ignoring the story. It just, I just sort of was not particularly invested in the tale that it was, would have spinning. Yeah. But I mean, that game just gets, it's so fucking good. Um, I adored that game all the way to completion, and I, I I really hope more people give it a shot, whether it's through a sale or anything like that, uh, th- as the year goes on. Yeah, it's it's a really fantastic game. But I, you know, I was tweeting about this yesterday. But one, so many people like to the price cutting thing, or you know, the, all the reviews have been like red hot in this game. I don't even think I've seen anything that could be close to a negative review i'm sure it exists you know like there's a lot of people mm-hmm. writing and and user reviews and all that but like literally everyone's sure. like eight or higher like literally like it's like it it's so beloved and it's so good um and even with that like so many people that like follow me were like wow that's i'm it's great to hear it's so amazing see you later <laughs> maybe and hey <laughs> the game's the game like i never want to put like, obviously, we want to, I think, as a whole, like, show love and support, which often means money, to teams making good stuff. But ultimately, like, you know, it is not, you're, you, people who play games aren't, like, out there fun, you know, you fund games in the sense that you buy games, but it's like, hey, like, 
that's not really on you. Like, hey, if you want to do that, like, I'm not really going to knock you for that. But it, it kind of sucks that I've only heard that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, if that's the game's the game, like fans are going to spend their money how they're going to spend their money. And like, that's within your right as a consumer, whatever. But they also I, didn't release it on Steam. Yes. Um, and that's yeah, what a that, lot of people that, said that, too. They're like, oh, it's like non Steam. And then they're like, also, like. I don't really like it's it's it's, every, it's the perfect storm of everything that we already know. People don't like Ubisoft. They don't like Ubisoft Connect. A couple people had some bugs in the game. You know, a few like you just. I did. I did. Yes. I so the, the game is is a little bit buggier than um, you know. It's just like every time I was looking up something about it, people were hitting different sort of completion bugs. Like so, for example, I hit one where it's you find the guy in the kind of the pirate ship. Yeah. And he's like, go go do this little complicated. Mm-hmm platforming sequence and this bird's gonna follow you and so i did it because i'm a gamer and i did the sequence and that bird followed me and then the bird said no nah, i'm good like i'm just i'm hanging out here and i'm like okay well maybe i'll go to the other room and come back and you'll figure you'll figure it out sure. like you want to come with me and the bird said nah i'm just chill i'm just chilling and they 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 patched the bug but they patched the bug and there was an important caveat it said for new players mm, so if you yeah. have the i mean my guess is they'll get around to fixing it in for for existing players, and maybe I'll circle back uh, around to it. But um, I mean, I will say, you know, I I think I ended up at eighty four percent completion when I had credits roll, and I looked at that map right before I got to you know I get there's a like hey point of no return mm-hmm. you're gonna go fight the final boss situation. I looked at that map. That map was basically full. And what was in front of me was, I think, what was in front of you, which was, do you want to go look at a guide and start cross-referencing that guide with your map to see what you do and don't have? (laughs) And my memory. And that map is enormous. Like, there are multiple points in The Lost Crown where you're like, all right, time to sweep up this main quest and we're going to go finish things up. And the game's like, no, you must find three more ancient things that you need in order to continue this quest. And I'm fine finding the three more ancient things. Yeah. This game wants to keep going. This was not a game that I was excited to finish. I I was happy for, like, it, it, the pacing is spectacular for this style of game. It was still interesting, engaging, and, and importantly, had new things to challenge me along the way. So you want to give me three new MacGuffins? Yeah. I'm happy to go find those MacGuffins. It was uh, shockingly long, but shockingly very warranted. Because when they told me that runtime, like at the preview, I was like, y'all fucked up. Y'all fucked up. That sounds up. like padding, buddy. I was like, no, why did you do And then I was like, then I played it and I'm like, oh no, this is totally, feels completely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I completely echo your sentiments too with the, it's a mess to like clean up that game. But yeah, and then the price point too, what is it, like 50 bucks or something? Yeah. Like, you know, people, people weren't really, they didn't really feel that that was a, a great deal and i'm not saying that they should have priced it lower or anything like that i'm just speaking to simply speaking to the ways that i've seen like anecdotally consumers kind of react to prince of persia um i also don't know if any of y'all have insight into to what degree are pre-orders like important for ultimate sales because i did hear like murmurs that like pre-orders of this game weren't looking very hot so i kind of well i knew since i heard this game existed that it probably wasn't gonna work out but then I continuously heard, and then now we're here, and it's like, yeah, it may we're hearing that maybe it didn't like you know do what we hoped it would do, and um, yeah, it just kind of sucks that you can see that coming, despite 
Pre- so much pre-orders good are predi- there. pre-orders are predictive. Okay. Um, there, mm-hmm. I highly recommend if you're interested in the in this side of of the business to sign up for Simon Carlos's game discovery company newsletter. Um, it's a really wonderful, very readable explanation of how how do Steam wish list wish listings work? How do games make money? Like how, how do games go? Like it's just it breaks down in very readable terms um how this side of the business works and uh like a lot of what uh the, the newsletter gets into is often like steam wish listings because that that data is accessible in a way that pre-order numbers on PlayStation, Xbox and Switch are not but a lot of the same fundamentals apply and now this is a very basic version but like higher number of people wish listing a game tends to mean like higher number of sales and so soft pre-order numbers are a pretty decent indicator of what kind of pop a game is going to have out of the gate. Um, things can change. You know, nobody was talking about Pal World. And now nobody's talking about Pal World. Everyone had a fever dream for <laughs> one week. And, uh, like, it, it broke, thankfully. And the game can just go be the game yeah. for, uh, <laughs> uh, from now on. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of factors at play, Janet. I think it's a price point for this style of game. I think it's – there. there aren't that many – Metroid style games that people are willing to pay a premium yeah. for. And do you want to know which which game that they will pre- play a premium for? The one, well, Hollow Knight, I don't think even Hollow Knight was $50. I don't think it was. It's the but... it's the one the genre is named after. Metroid, <laughs> right? Like it like that is the one that can get away with. And I'm not saying Lost Crown isn't worth it. It is absolutely yes. it is probably worth more than $50. Like mm. it is a lot of game, but I do think there is a it's also not the Lost Crown is not the fanciest looking game. I'm not saying it looks bad. I like the art style, but it was clearly built Switch on down. It's like how do we get mm-hmm. this game to run spectacular right. on Switch? It'll run in everything else, and I think the art style is derivative of that choice because my understanding is it runs spectacular on Switch, which is an increasing rarity these days for yeah. lots of games. Um, you end up playing on Switch because it's. Uh, convenient, not because it's the best way to play the game. And here apparently runs like rock solid 60, looks gorgeous. And so I think you can see a lot of artistic decisions that are born out of that. And so again, I think it's a, I think it's a lot of that stuff ends up adding up. It's steam, it's art choices, it's price point. Um, and you, you result in a game that again, maybe the Epic check cleared two years ago. And that's built into their sales expectations. We're like, yes, we're expecting this game to not necessarily cross a million out of the gate, but Epic was in a charitable mood and like wants games on their platform. And that accounts for X amount of sales. This seems so much the kind of game that, uh, I don't know how often Ubisoft does like game pass and things like that, mm-hmm. but this is the kind of the game that I feel like for the next five years, people are going to be going, y'all, do you play lost crown? That's a great game. And like Jan and I are in the background going, yeah, yeah. I was there January 2024. <laughs> the game was the game was sick. I really hope they patch in some end game stuff that makes it easier to clean up everything else that's in there because I do want to go back. Um, but I'm just it's it's too much work for me to to actually go and do all that. And I felt satisfied. Like sometimes I do the yeah. cleanup because I don't want to leave. This game was so long in a positive way that I looked at that map. It was mostly clear. It's like I think I'm okay. And especially uh, directly connected, did you finish that sequence that I did in the game? Oh, the Impossible Climb? No, not Impossible Climb. The one that I tweeted the video of. Ooh, I mean, I'm Um, sure I did, but 
what what was it? Is it the thing with the you get pants at the end? It's like crazy spikes. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. hardest thing in the game. Yeah, yeah. I did that. It took me yeah. forever. Yeah. And when I got pants, when I got pants at the end, I was like, what a scam? <laughs> like, I felt so scammed. I need to say, okay, <laughs> we need to set, we, to set the table yeah. for this. There is, I, I, I'm at the door to the end game. And so I'm like, cool, time to scan the map to see. I've got all my powers. I shouldn't conceivably be able to go anywhere in the game at this point and not be gated. And I'm like, ah, there's just one little section that just like goes up hmm. and I haven't been there. Time to go check that out. Maybe there's some extra crystals. Maybe there's a health power up. I get here, and I recommend, yeah, Janet posted the video in our, our shared Janet's channel. Janet's supply um, of reference material in the <laughs> chat during the during the call invaluable. is like one of the best things. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, This is a, when done correctly, two-minute sequence. And mm-hmm. I want, imagine something in your life where the, the two minutes felt like 20. Um, like what kind of stress you have to be under for a small amount of time to feel like eternity time has stopped. Um, and All right, well, now this I'm in the dentist se- chair. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, scared this, of the dentist too. This is how ha- this really feels like Prince of Persia and the Lost Crown putting you in the dentist chair, uh, and saying, Hey, you think this is gonna end, and there'll be a pause that makes you think this is over, but nah. We've just gone back into the toolkit to find <laughs> we 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 think there's another crown we have to put on you. Um and <laughs> like that's what's happening here in this sequence. I mean, it's truly nightmarish. Yes. It, it it asks you to string together everything you have learned in the game. And often moments like this happen in an end game where the game is pumping you up like you want to come do again Janet just mentioned there's a sequence in this game called the impossible climb and it's hard this is harder this is way harder the impossible climb took me 15 minutes to sort of riddle my way through this sequence which is just in a corner you just go around a dusty alley in the lost crown it's like hey you want to see the most fucked up shit <laughs> like, uh, you, go to, sort of, you go to the secret floor patrick that you, you buy a dirty yes! key from like i don't know yes! monster man As someone as someone's warning you like you don't you don't have to do like i don't think you need this do you need this for the platinum do you need no. all the clothes to get the platinum? no you don't yeah i so i was i don't know like yeah, so also too another the, i think you described it really well and like what the sequence is but also it's a lot of like swirly spikes so it's one hit death in this instance like mm-hmm. you you got to do it the whole way you can't cheese it i even i'm not gonna lie to you you know i went in that i went in those settings i said what can i do turn down environmental damage <laughs> i didn't I'm like i don't need to like i wanted to do it but like i didn't need to do it for real you know what i mean but i didn't want to like yeah. like little kid cheese it where you like hey can you like can you finish the sequence for me i'm like i gotta do it myself okay you know um this sequence feels like you know how Super Meat Boy is manageable because the levels are like really short. It's like what if Super Meat Boy was like sixty seconds long or like ninety seconds long? This that's what this <laughs> is like. That's what this feels like. I will say the only caveat to that is the in between is like a little slower because like Meat Boy's whole thing is you're pretty much always moving, but yeah. the spikes thing, the percent, the like. And it's got this like because it's just a room where spikes are coming in and out, like from like the left, like they roll around and they come back, and they're in different stacks and permutations. But the thing that was really really hard is like, it's at least in my opinion, Patrick, you definitely had to to some degree memorize what the waves were, 
Yeah. And then like there, there was a part I was stuck on and I'm like, I got past that. That felt good. Yay. But oh my God, oh my God, how much is left? How much is left? Is it over yet? It's still not over you. And then you're wondering how much is after this? Like, am I getting punked? Like, is does it even end? What if it didn't even end? Did you, so I, there was a moment where, because this is the last thing I did before I finished the yeah. game. And I was like, ah, oh. like, I'll just, like, I'd finish a wave and then die at the next wave mm-hmm. and go, maybe I should just look up a video. Oh. And then I was like, no, this is comical. Like, how much more could it be? Yeah. And there was always, there was always more. And I, what's fantastic about it is you get all the, you, you finally manage the sequence. Two minutes, completely harrowing. The last 15 to 20 seconds involve, frankly, a lot of guessing on the distance that your character dashes at. So you can line up these spikes that are coming from the top and you're trying to just sort of get into this very particular yeah. small space. I'm sure you can run to each of them if you really time it right. I'll try to share my, sp- my video too, because I did it very slightly differently than you, I feel like. Mm. So like just holistically, but anyway, go on. Um, but you get to the end and finally like the, the traps recede and above you is a gate and this gate opens like you're headed to heaven. Yeah. Like, oh, my 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 mind is ablaze with possibility. What this was the hardest thing I've done in this game. Like sometimes you finish a challenge and I get a heart piece. Like sometimes I finish a challenge and I get like a cool upgrade. What could the developers, the thoughtful, considerate, <laughs> creative developers of Prince of Persia the Lost, the Lost Crown have put behind these pearly gates? And you climb up there, you see the chest, you hit up on the analog stick. Woo! What could it be? And it's like a purple pair of pants. And the pants <laughs> like, don't even look good. Like wow. the, one one slight I have to this game is I do think the cosmetics are like kind of ugly. Like I love a a you know if, if y'all watch early throw comedy streams, y'all lo- know I love a good little item, right? It's like sure, you know. But yeah, the coloring's not very good in this. Like you look basically the way you look is you look better than anything that you'll find. So that's the other reason that it's like extra funny. But frankly, like the sequence is so good. And like, you don't need to do it for the platinum. So I really did this for nothing other than to do it because I feel like a God. No, that's what I did it for. Because when I tweeted that video, I got an adrenaline hit. Oh yeah. Every single time someone responded and be like, yeah, I gave up. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you (laughs) did. That's so funny. See, I gotta tweet tweet mine next. You I I did this. This is what I did this before the game was out or like I think maybe the embargo was up, but whatever. The game wasn't out mm-hmm. yet. So like my partner hadn't started playing yet. And even though this has like all the abilities and stuff, I'm like, hey, I need you to watch this video of me. Like, oh, this is the one. <laughs> yes. I remember you talking about. Sh- and, and the thing is, there are actually many sequences. There's a in this couple game that, that I, I made, look back. I made him watch at least two different videos. OK, of this was, one, this of was one of them. Yeah. As soon as I did this, okay. I was like, all right, you need to take a look at this. Like, stop what you're doing. <laughs> um, you know, he was like, wow, it's really good. I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, it's funny. He finally ended up playing this game, too. And at one point, he's like, you're really good at games. I was like, I know. I know. Just these games. Just these games. Yeah, and yeah. that's why, like. I only, I only get this from platforms. And this is it's why. The only game, okay. We're the same. Because this is why, like, I'm, I, I mean, I'm fine at playing games. I've fucking played games for, like, 20, 30 years. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. I joke about being a pro gamer. Like, that's, you know, it's all memes, right? Like, I'm. 
eh, what a fine at most games compared to a lot of people. And that's because, Patrick, the game I'm really good at, people don't make these games anymore. So like my old head ass is like, oh man, if you pull up, you know, let, let me get hands on with crack and I bet I'll show you something. But like, who? nobody cares, old man. You know, it's like, yeah. So where so I really shine. Platformers are the, are the only one is that like, I really, I, I, I know that yes. I'm, I, I know that I'm good. No one gets um, to see us rare. shine, Patrick. That's so sad, isn't yes. it? Uh, but we get to shine here. That's yeah. why it, I, 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 I don't know if it was a joke. Um, um, it you felt like a, a cu- I already sent. Okay, I've already God. sent up and don't worry. Like this was, <laughs> I finished this. I finished this, this. This sequence immediately found the PR people at Ubisoft. I was like, oh, yeah. "Hey, can I send some questions to the nightmare person? I mean, the talented designer that uh, put together this sequence." Yeah. Um, and the, the PR person responded, "Was like, okay, yeah, I wasn't able to finish that part either." Is that like, yeah? So I'll find, funny. Send over some questions, and I'll 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 find the whoa, person. Whoa, that, either. That, that uh, on this. Excuse me, I finished it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, anyway, so well, people should PR buy people this on, game the, on the email, but yes, people should yeah, buy this game or check it out later, whatever your yeah, circumstances are. Life. Like it's, a, it's, it truly is not just a good game, but I think we're going to look back in 10 years as one of the all time greats in this genre, like this style of game. Um, it is, it is that good. It is going to, it's going to stay with Hollow Knight. It's go, it's going to be one of those. Wow. Um, and I don't know. What higher praise you can give a game like this? So then raises the question: What does it take to get people to buy it? <laughs> not my oh, problem. Yeah, not, that's true. not my problem. That's true. But then you know, but and then go listen to that uh, Immortals of Avium uh, interview that Rob and I did with uh, the CEO of Ascendant. Okay, I don't know Brett Robbins. I don't know for sure that I'm going to do this. So mm-hmm. like, don't at me if I don't end up doing it. But I saw that because you know, obviously, y'all have been talking about that interview, and like, I saw you tweeted about it yesterday, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I really want to check this out. And then I thought, oh, my God, like I turned to my partner. I'm like, hey, like I kind of want to listen to this. Pot. And he's been like, oh, maybe I should play this. Like I mean, it's just sitting on the dash. I was like, hey, would you like to like is it, I know it's chaotic, but can I put on this podcast like at some point, like in the next couple of days? And we just play through the beginning of Immortals of Avia. The true experience. And I'm like, it's like so nerdy to do. But I feel like that that'd be a good way to spend time. So um, no promises because I don't do most of what I set out to do. But this could be different. So we'll see. Except, except complete six sequences and yeah. Prince of Persia. Well, games, I don't know. Maybe so I get a pair of pants happen. when I'm done with the podcast. <laughs> An ugly Wouldn't pair of pants. We do another of them. Wouldn't do it. See, I, I kind of thought at the end of that, I was going to go through the door and there was going to be another one. And then I was going to whip oh my, my controller God. at the wall. That's so scary. <laughs> also, and I know we already kind of like talked about it and moved on from it, but I want to emphasize mm-hmm. how much in so many other games that would have like been so infuriating. But in this game, mm-hmm. it's it was just like, Oh man, it's wild that y'all just put a pair of pants here, and that was fun because again, it was fun to do. It was well made. The whole game is amazing. That like I wasn't, yes. I wasn't mad at it, but at the same time, like I was just like a little like taken aback. You know, I was like, oh, okay. I, I asked about the pants in in my email uh, questions. I was hoping it'd be like a phone call because I, I I worry that I'm gonna get like. A the stock answer, email, yeah. which is like, hey, like you know, we like to reward our players with customers. That, like, right? I I want the like at a bar yes. with the beers. Like, man, the fuck, the fuck, man. Like, I don't know. It was the end of development, and like, we just put a chest there. Like, or like, or that they really were people. fucking with people. I think they the, were. The yes, yes. I feel like <laughs> that. Like, uh, you know, it's not like I talked to everybody on that team or something, but like talking to the cinematic lead. I feel like they're 
very you know what i mean like I, they know these games like they're smart they know smart. They, i know y'all know what you're that doing pan- that or somebody who is assigned it is funny to think of someone's assigned to like putting stuff in the chest and someone else is assigned to like making the areas yes that well that's like that's also funny like, hey, where'd you put those pants? oh oh my god <laughs> Oh my god. The Prince of Persia Pants is the funniest thing in gaming this year. Um, and that's <laughs> hard timer. to do because Infinite Wealth is really funny. But anyway. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, I think we can talk a little bit about what uh, popped up at State of Play and talk about some other games we've been playing. Uh, so back after this. One of the most normal morning routines is a bowl, some milk, some cereal. What (laughs) changes as you get older is you might want to modify what you're putting into that bowl with the milk. If you suddenly want to cut back on sugar or you want to add more protein, you're thinking about fitness goals, but you don't want to give up the deliciousness of what you're putting in that bowl, you might want to think about Magic Spoon. Uh, Because with Magic Spoon, you get all those flavors you love, high protein, less sugar, and as someone with kids, the idea that I can show them that these cereals can have all of these things and you can think about what's in your body every morning seems really good. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack of four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein. Has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. And look, you put peanut butter in anything, I'm there, which is why that's my favorite one and I'm hiding it from my children. You can go to magicspoon.com slash remap to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code remap at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash remap and use the code REMAP to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Hey, REMAP Radio listeners. Rob here. You know, the time was I'd come up with a meal plan for the entire week, and then I'd trawl through the grocery stores making sure I had everything I needed right on budget to make those home-cooked meals. Unfortunately, times have changed, and speaking of time, I don't have quite as much of it as I used to. You know, there's a podcast empire to be overseen. But I can't just order fast food and pizza delivery every night. My budget, and unfortunately, my increasingly delicate stomach won't allow it. Fortunately for folks in the same boat as me, there's Factor. Factor gives you 35 options each week to make meal planning easy. And not just for dinner. They have breakfast foods and snacks covered as well. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. But it's just as convenient delivering the food you need right to your door. And now, if you head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off, that's that's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And now you can head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off. That's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. (laughs) 
And we're back. Uh, yesterday we streamed together. Uh, we we did. We we had a really good Lethal Company run going. <laughs> we ran that thing straight off a fucking cliff. Uh, did not go well. But again, Ooh. lessons were learned. I yeah. think the next run we could really do some stuff. Probably uh, to get that TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I uh, you know, you're punished I'm for listening. keeping money on hand. Yeah. Lethal Company yeah. like doesn't want you to be running like because again it's that it's that like canny critique of like modern business practices where it's like well what about a rainy day fund you don't do a rainy day fund the game doesn't reward <laughs> you for that uh, yeah. you just you you spend it as fast as you make it uh, and yeah. keep yourself lean so that you can't be nobody can charge against uh, your your reserves you know, it, it was it was funny uh, they had a. Uh being uh you know shot out the airlock had lost some of its charm but then we bought a bunch of decorations and watching yes. that goldfish get shot like shot into space you know it hit home <laughs> like oh, i don't yeah. want it to happen again <laughs> like when to- i was flying out whatever regular day <laughs> yeah whatever. but when i saw the romantic table oh. get taken oh. so quickly <laughs> my my heart the jack o lantern oh. the oh my God. Uh, we'll goldfish together together we'll in eternity than ever. <laughs> yeah. So after we died in Lethal Company, uh, you can check that out. You can check out. Uh, then we start watching old PlayStation ads, uh, a lot of vintage Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> it was time for the state of play, and uh, you know, it was it was a trip. Uh, I went from being like, "There's not a lot here," to like, Woof, "We got a lot going on now." Uh, Patrick, I'm I'm curious for you. Were there any like? Uh, you know, stand standout moments. Anything that really that really caught your attention? Um, it, well, funny enough, uh, we sort of missed this one. Like while we were chattering over uh, the the state of play. Also, we were having some technical issues, so maybe that was that was it. But Sony's paying uh, Hideo Kojima to just do Metal Gear Solid with the the name sanded off. Yeah, but like, with then, film, yeah, and the, music, Fizz Int. Uh, is like the 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 project like title or like the you know, the the you know the uh, kind of like a placeholder name for what it what's been called a next generation action espionage game uh, that we are unlikely to hear about for a long long time. I guess that's what they were announcing when uh, he was standing on the movie set. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. both a, a game and a film. Um, and sort it of will like trans- finally fulfill transcend the barriers between games and movies is what he said. So why make an adaptation later when you can make the adaptation simultaneous yeah, with I the game guess. production? Maybe that's part of what's going to Finally, gonna, I, someone I can know. just do Quantum Break, but like <laughs> at the scale it needs to, like, only Hideo Kojima could actually, like, I'm integrating a TV show or movie with a video game. And people be like, Absolutely. Maybe that's what it'll end up being as opposed to, you know, something that's actually, like, you're going to see in, in movie theaters. <laughs> movie theaters exist in four years um, at the pace we're going. I'm not sure that's necessarily a, a guarantee. We'll all be going to Rob's movie theater <laughs> one hour from, from him, like <laughs> to, to this tiny little place in the middle of nowhere. But I, yeah, I actually, I noticed that last night when I was just catching up on some stuff and I was like, huh? So they just said, whatever you want to make metal gear again. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I do. And well, so I, think it was such delightful. a weird thing. Cause it was bare. It was burying the lead where it was like, we just had this huge, I mean, huge, yeah. Uh, lingering Death Strandings two uh, trailer that like is basically here's what appears to be a huge fraction of the game's major plot points, uh, and then at the end it's like oh and then 
here's the thing we really want to make sure you know. He's making Metal Gear again. Not for a while, yeah. but like it's it's in it's progress. <laughs> which which is also kind of weird because I think it, in a weird way it kind of felt like he left Death Stranding in a weird place where it's like, mm-hmm. what, what's the way to put it? Uh, it's just not his passion project to the same degree, maybe. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like the the, the like or, the or it Metal is, but it's vibe. not what the fans want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like people are fine with I, like the. The vibe I get, I didn't, you know, I only played a handful hours of Death Stranding, is that people like it. It's got that really fun sort of Kojima nonsense. And, and by, I mean, Rob, you finished it. Like, a, like a well made game. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's like tone. It's like just a. I adore it. Like, it's, it's yeah. goofy as hell, but like, damn, that hiking's good. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but like, what do people want from him? Yeah. Like, I mean, they want, they want him either to go, well, there's actually two things. What I want from him is a horror game. And maybe I'm getting that on Xbox in collaboration with Jordan Peele. Unclear exactly what that project is. You know, the fulfillment of PT, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, or some version of that. And then also Metal Gear. And I, I think it's Metal I think Gear. it's fascinating that he's actually going to go go back to that. Because in many ways, it felt like Death Stranding's gameplay structure was such a rejection is the wrong word. But it was running away from a lot of these gameplay uh, footholds that Kojima had spent 20 years uh, sort of like outlining, establishing, refining. And in many ways, I, you know, the last Metal Gear game, like the open world one was a uh, kind of a, hey, the cherry on top. Like I have taken this style of game as far as I can see it. And and then I did, I dumped it into an open world and you know what? It was fucking sick <laughs> and like really good. Um, the story, I can't remember a bit of it, but uh, I really enjoyed playing uh, that that game and so and I also would I also noted I think when they say next generation I really think they mean it yeah they don't mean this generation no. oh, yeah. they no. mean next generation yeah like, I think they this is PlayStation PSX. six Jesus and Christ. and whatever X PS six confirmed Xbox is doing. <laughs> yeah 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 this is this is about as far like this is about as far off as you is, yeah. as you get I think there's a pitch deck and maybe that's about it for for this game is the PS six where Sony does the like return and do like a try to do a PSX 6X thing and start confusing everyone with their fucking numbers the way that Xbox has. I think they're, I think they're good. They're on the Final Fantasy track right. and it's working yeah. for them. Just keep the numbers I, I going actually, up. Keep the numbers going up. Yeah, my, Microsoft made the mistake. Now they're right. in this weird spin a wheel <laughs> Jesus. and put I the X somewhere still don't else know where uh, we are. location. <laughs> I, still, I yes. have no clue which one is the one that's currently good. They I don't could just think announce their it. surrender next generation, the Xbox 720. <laughs> uh, hey, remember how much you liked that other one? All your friends are still on Xbox. Well, they're probably not anymore, but maybe they're still on Xbox Live. <laughs> the blades are back, baby. I with the UI you love. Oh, bring is, me back who the wants blades. to play Uno? Blade who wants to play so Uno? Good. I demand them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was the one that kind of stood out to me just because I, I sort of missed it in in the process of even watching the state of play. I was also just sort of surprised to see it. Like, not surprised to see Death Strand 2, but like just the sheer weirdness of this fucking series. Like it is, you know, you get the, you know, we open on like an autopsy and, and the fragile is there, uh, uh, wearing hand a mask. face hand. mask that's made of hands. Yeah. Like actual hands, like articulated yeah. hands. They, they, they light a cigarette for her at some point. Uh, but they also like cover her mouth while they're cutting into a corpse. It is so bizarre. Uh, it, 
you know, we're we're leaving behind the conceit of the original game and like Bridges is gone, but now it's like her new company draw bridges and they're in space or something. <laughs> I don't fully understand like what's happening. They're they're in they're in they're in other countries. That's that's the whole thing, right? Is like But it looks like they're in a spaceship, they're like, right? They're like heading south. Well yeah, <laughs> but it came Wait, out of the baby small, mouth. Though? Ship small. Ship yeah. inside? Yeah. Who could say, is, yeah, is this like um God, what's the fucking movie? The small small inside movie. <laughs> oh, inside out? <laughs> I'm I'm like magic school bus type no. thing. I mean, yes, it's a magic school bus type thing, but the the, the famous one, like fan Fantastic Journey or something? Is that the one? You know, that the could, old one. Where they right, go inside yeah. someone's body. From 1966, oh. yes. I mean, that's Inside Out. I know it's from 1966. Fantastic Voyage. I found it. Fantastic Voyage. Okay. Which is the 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 what I think of when you got small people inside of another person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This this little this little detail somebody picked out, Patrick, is is just incredible. It's, the yeah, little so they, floating the, figures, the little pe- oh, I, I forgot those, they're called. Pe- what are they called in the game? BTS, um, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. The the, the enemies. Yeah, yeah. In the the the, the, the cigarette ghosts. smoke has little figures represented during a secret. And hey, look, you shouldn't smoke, right? Like we got a lot of evidence. It's it's probably bad. But man, Kojima. <laughs> Make it look so fucking cool. I, but, I, well, between this and infinite wealth, we're just I like everyone. Really I just cool. think We've I need to pick though. it up, like for We've, like a little bit. No, no, Patrick, no. Um, look, I mean, yeah, like, it, I mean, this has been looking cool. Like we've known that smoking looks cool. You shouldn't do it, but you shouldn't do cool. it. But also, like I like uh, MK has one hundred percent confirmed to me that like I liked that you smoked. I shouldn't know. I knew wow. it was a red flag, but like, wow, <laughs> Rob, you were so hot when you smoked. Oh, oh my God. that's hilarious. Another piece God of the damn. lore puzzle falls into place. Yeah, it's look, it's just unfortunately it is very cool. It's just very, very bad. But so many things in life are that way, Rob. <laughs> Well, this was this is always my argument, and, and uh, like I'm sorry, I'm not trying. Like I know a lot of people like probably have quit smoking or like still struggle with that. Yeah, uh, I did too. I went I went through it, but I think one of the things I would often tell myself is like, man, there's so many things that don't do what they say they say on the tin that don't <laughs> deliver on like, you know, it's gonna hit you this way and it's gonna be good. And cigarettes was like, oh shit, this just works. Like, you know, you're showing up, you're showing up to an early shift and you do not have it. And you're just like snick. You're like, all right, it's go time. <laughs> Can't believe it's legal. Neither can increasing number of physicians uh, and healthcare <laughs> healthcare policymakers. Uh, but yeah, so like I don't know, Death Stranding two looks looks bananas. Uh, yeah, and like. Hell with it. I'm I'm here for it. I you know I see some things. I'm like, it's, it's weird to see a trailer like for Death Stranding. Be like, I'm concerned about some of this direction because it's just all off the wall, like you know nonsense. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's some stuff I'm curious about. Like, uh, it's not. This is not like Troy Baker hater type stuff. I just didn't think his character was an interesting villain in the first game, and I was really bummed how much like he features. Yeah. In the sequel, where it's like. 
the first game, the entire point is, is he's kind of a non-entity. He's actually secretly irrelevant to everything that's going on. And now it's like, maybe he's just there for one sick guitar sequence. I have no idea. <laughs> There's another weird hallucinatory moment yeah. uh, in, a, in a trailer full of them. Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't get through the, the fully through the first game, but one thing that stood out that I was curious about actually was the, there was a moment where, uh, in, it was like a hiking section they were showing where a cliff started to like crumble underneath. And I was like, mm-hmm. is that, I feel like destruct, I, I didn't hear about destructible, like, or like moving environments being in the first yeah. one. Right. So like, that seems like an interesting, like little, well, now you have to worry about things fall, like falling away from underfoot. And that, that seems like a neat addition to the actual gameplay. Yeah, also feels like a high candidate. We, we, we've patched out the crumbling. Uh, <laughs> it, cr- it crashed. Oh, yeah, no. I hate it. I can't <laughs> Everyone hated it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of auteurs who go off uh, to work <clears throat> in secret on new stuff, uh, we got a trailer for Judas. Yes. Mm. Ken Levine's new game from Ghost Story Games. Uh it looks like yeah, it's, like, it's worth it's like worth <laughs> noting that it's like Bioshock Infinite comes out um, is a big hit. You know, obviously goes through a a critical uh, sort of roundhouse over the course of uh, the the year after that game kind of came out as people sort of reckoned well, with. And I feel real. like it was a it was success, but maybe not as big a hit as like Take Two was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, it was an extremely expensive project, right? Yeah, you know, right. I mean, it was the develop the development history on that. Um, the short version is they built that game, a video game, like five or six times uh, and would build whole levels. And then Ken Levine would come in and just decide that's not the direction the game. So they it was a very haphazard creative process that burned a lot of people out. And that's why we joked about Rod Ferguson earlier. It's like, look, you know, you can knock the process and what it does to the human body. But like Bioshock Infinite chipped and like they managed to get Ken Levine to to push that or at least Rod Ferguson pulled it out of Ken Levine to get that game out the door um Levine seemed done after Infinite comes out um Irrational as a studio essentially goes under uh most of the that studio kind of shutters most of the team is is disbanded laid off and then they kind of reorganize under Ghost Story Games and then for a couple of years it's a lot of Ken Levine talking doing interviews was like Narrative Legos, I believe, was the term that he was using a lot. Um, the idea being, uh, you know, something along the lines of, like, what if you played a story and it was different meaningfully, you know, which obviously feels like a reaction to creating these very authored experiences that that defined, you know, Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite for sure. Uh, and that game has just been... Judas or some version of whatever has been cooking at, at Ghost Story Games has been in the works for the better part of a decade now. When did Go- when did Bioshock Infinite come out? I feel like it was like 2013. It was 2013. Uh, and so we're, we're coming up on, you know, we are past a decade since the release of Infinite. Uh, and yeah, we've we saw a teaser trailer for Judas a couple years back. Uh, Strauss Zelnick, the head of Take Two, who is the... <clears throat> parent company of ghost story i think at one point gave some sort of comment about like hey what's going on over there like i don't know we ken levine is just one of those people who's made us so much money over the years that we're willing to just kind of fund this quiet little skunk works project and see if it turns into another bioshock while take two has also struggled to make 
another Bioshock. Uh, essentially what Bioshock 3 has gone through countless iterations over, over the years. Um, who knows what actually comes out or doesn't come out um, as like the next game in that in that series. But yeah, the game we saw, Rob, was remark. If you'd told me it was a Bioshock game, I'd believe you. It's got electric powers coming out of a hand. Uh, it's got a like a mysterious girl talking to me. Um, we're, we're checking a lot of boxes with the kinds of projects that Levine has been associated with for, you know, almost 20 years now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to shake a sense of anticlimax uh, after sort of going dark for this long and coming back mm. with something that's like, uh, you know, we kind of blew up the studio that made these games and now we're back to making these games. Um, you know, also just given the track record of, you know, how projects tend to unfold over at Irrational, I suspect this ain't going to be a great project to, to work on uh, unless he's, he's surrounded by like really good, really empowered producers. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Just, you know, curious about it certainly, but also kind of my first reaction is like, oh, just kind of make another one of these, huh? All right. Yeah. Like, Cool, but I don't know that it's as compelling as it it is it once was, especially because I kind of feel like I got my Bioshock fix from Deathloop uh, fairly recently, mm. and so you know if I wanted, uh, you know the you know that that vibe, I think you know Deathloop was was kind of delivering it. So, uh, yeah, just that's one that sort of jumped out at me. Uh, Jen, anything for you like stand out? Um, I think, uh, you know, honestly, well, so Dragon's Dogma 2, I'm, 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 one, yes. I'm looking, I'm looking over. Yeah. I will say like, this is, this is still a game that I think, and this is, you know, usually from the horse's mouth, which I guess you guys are the horses, so you can tell me <laughs> if this is what you're saying or not. But I feel like a lot of y'all are like, oh yeah, uh -huh. like we love this game and like we're excited and we're going to have fun. I don't know if anyone else that isn't us is gonna have fun yep so i'm still going in very like if i had to bet i would say i probably am not gonna like it but i feel like this was the first trailer that actually i was like i like casting ice spells then you climb <laughs> it and whack something that seems fun yeah. like this is the first time that i i don't i don't really know what it was about it compared to like other showings it just maybe it's because this was a little bit more zoomed in and like shorter bursts of combat that made it seem like a little bit more intriguing because it, made it I looked feel like, like a really good action game yes because um, prior it's like it, it, the vibes were a little dry it's like mm -hmm. what am i looking at and like everyone else is like oh my god do you <laughs> see what we're seeing and i'm like i don't know what i'm looking at <laughs> so this is like i don't know we'll see i i'm feeling a little more intrigued i think i was going to check it out regardless just because like why not see you know what it has to offer but this is the first time we're like like, oh, could this be a game again too? But also part of me is like, I don't even want to get into it because it's a busy year. I kind of need this game not to hit for me so that I can <laughs> go on to other things. <laughs> but, well, but, I, yeah. I think that protective layer uh. that you're talking about is we've seen a lot of other franchises that have been sort of niche status or had a smaller but very passionate audience like, like the Yakuza games, right? Which yeah. are now Like a Dragon. And those are extremely popular in Japan, obviously, but it's taken a minute for them to catch on and become like bona fide kind of blockbusters uh, 
relative to expectations over here. And we've seen like that has happened to different franchises over time. And calling Dragon's Dogma a franchise is a generous interpretation because it was one game, one expansion, and then a sequel that we're getting, you know, along. I mean, I feel like I'm doing a lot of when did that when did that come out here on on this podcast? This is 2012, so we're you know when this comes out, it's been almost well, it have been uh well, May 2012, so almost 12 years uh in between installments. And I think I think Kato can speak to this too. Austin, I can feel his vibes somewhere else also <laughs> uh, uh saying this is. Do I think there's a chance this is a breakout moment for Dragon's Dogma? More people see what we saw and and why we looked at that, like some of those uh, first maybe potentially boring trailers to outsiders uh, that kind of get in and are like, oh, I understand why what's so cool about Dragon's Dogma. But also, I don't want to be hurt. I can just be happy <laughs> that Dragon's Dogma 2 is here, that I got the sequel that I really never anticipated getting. It seems like we're only getting because this like really good designer at Capcom has like, just continued to deliver bangers for Capcom over and over again, and then got to make this passion project in Dragon's Dogma 2. So it's possible that it hits, and it's and it's one of those games that gets a huge, uh, like maybe not huge, but a much bigger audience. But if all Kato, Austin, and the rest of us get is shit, they spent a bunch of money making Dragon's Dogma 2. Yeah. That can be enough. That can be enough. That's beautiful, man. No, it's Thank a it's you. the era of like the old heads in <laughs> this next like, two months because there's Helldivers too as well, which is like another thing that you know got shut off here. That's I think kind of my understanding is kind of switching it up from the first one, but I think that also hit it's for the people that hit twin stick shooter, shit. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the that's the one thing about this where it's like people loved Helldivers. That's the thing. And it's, like, it's like, like, like but uh, now you're making true. a game in a genre that I feel like there's a lot of competition. You know, it's it's like the, the Starship Troopers game that just came out that was like people really dig it. I think it was from the the squad uh, developers, mm-hmm. but it's like, but that's not what Helldivers was. So it's it's just kind of a weird direction, I think, to go. Um, you know, the uh, here's this multiplayer twin stick game that everyone dug. We're gonna make a multiplayer FPS where you fight down like waves of aliens. I don't know. Just uh, just feels like a slightly, slightly weird way to to go about that. Mm-hmm. I I'm curious. We spent a lot of time watching uh, a trailer for Stellar Blade, which yeah. kind of felt mm-hmm. like near could be hornier. <laughs> near, yeah, well, I, near was pretty horny. Yeah, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like this is less horny than near. <laughs> but this is just, I it's mean, what's really? Horny. It's just it's what different that, horny. I think that her outfit is. Yeah, I guess the well, outfit. I was looking. I don't up, think it's just uh, the one outfit. Like I would say, there was just a, actually. Let's not talk about the game. Let's just talk about what is. <laughs> I was. Just, I, well, I, was, I went to go look up some screenshots of this game, and people are like, "What's going on with this game?" And then they captured some very specific moments from this game. Uh, where yeah, okay. clothes are coming more or less completely off, and just some really egregious. Ah, uh, yes, battle damage. Upskirt shots <laughs> that I feel like we. I thought we'd left behind in 2012, but I guess we haven't. Um, but I don't know. Like, if I can't get a new near game. This game looks near, near a near alike, and yeah. I you know who knows if the storytelling matches some of the some of That's the enemy thing, design though, looks right? really neat. The combat looked pretty. So much of this game comes down to that was a splashy trailer. How does it feel to play? Because that will instruct, yeah. like because even near itself is not the best. I mean, I think near Automata is a like a well made action game, but 
it's just well made enough that you're willing to engage with it to the degree that you need to to like experience the story. And the original Nier, I I mean, the guy got better with the remake, but like, I mean, that's not a spectacular action game uh, either. Um, and so here, if the comp, the, like, I'm not, there's nothing that indicates to me that the storytelling is going to be transcendent. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. it could be, but that means then the action needs to be excellent. And I don't know if that's going to be the case until I actually try it myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm going into this kind of feeling like if this is like a solid seven, that like flirts with an eight, I'll put that as like a dub for this game. And that's not (laughs) because, so, which is weird because like I am looking forward to it, but I also sort of, again, it could be wrong, but just glancing from the first time it first dropped, it kind of felt like there was a ceiling on this, but I do think that it has the potential to to kind of work within that spacing solidly. Like I don't, I would be surprised if this ends up like, you know, moving the needle in a big way, being on a lot of top 10. Like it doesn't really seem like it's quite at that pedigree, but I think, there could be just enough going on that's interesting. Maybe I'm just a sucker for the double jump. I don't know. They put a little double mm-hmm. jump there for me. I was like, all right, like cool, funky world. Does it need to be as horny as it is? I, I would think the answer is kind of always no, unless it's, you know, content <laughs> specifically also, for that. Who am but, I to police one's horny? Like, I don't, whatever. Like it is what it is. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's, I guess it depends on how like, to what degree is this game going to be like, I don't want people to walk in on me playing this game. You know what I mean? Like, there's levels to this. Is yes. it like, oh, like, it's a little it's a little horny or is it like, is it like weird about it? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's within the pantheon of many, like, pretty woman first, per- like, you know, con- player controlled tight little outfits. Like, I don't know. That kind of is maybe i'm a little numb to it at this point it's like all right this is what it is like Mm. i guess it's just what we look like you know is that or you look like samus and that's kind of it there's like no in between well and also it's like it it, i hold out possibility that like it could end up being a really cool high concept sci-fi game with like lots of action like where it's like yeah it's it's goofy it's like cheesy in a lot of ways and also like ooh, what's going on here what's what who who do the angels really serve uh, <laughs> yeah, you got little like robot pals. Seemingly, there's like I don't. I wouldn't say there's and there's like, like base, but there's like a little. You know, you could sit and cook next to your fake Coca Cola vending machine. Like I could get with it. <laughs> yeah, and like, are your characters like human or are they like androids? I couldn't make that out because you do meet like you meet like humans who are like again very near. Like they don't live on the planet's surface anymore. Yeah, uh, and they look different than everyone else, and it's you know kind of kind of curious so uh yeah i don't know it was uh it was spent a lot of time with that game uh you know it was it was one of the things they 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 really they they really showcased um they showcased a fair bit of silent hill but also i don't feel like it made any impression on me whatsoever uh it was it was odd that you know they showed two things one was a uh silent hill the short the, the short message uh not the short message is that what it was uh the yeah i think that's the, what it's called the short, short message, message? Yeah. Um, yes, the short message, which is a I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I'll I'll check it out between now and uh, our next recording. But it's a, a couple hour first person Silent Hill game um, that we can do. The impression too. Yeah. Uh, temper your expectations. I've right. heard it's like fine, um, but uh, is, you know, I mean, PT is. PT is most singular and has taken on a mythological status. Yeah. Like I, I liked. I think PT is great, but also there is sort of a 
uh, people chasing uh, something there and the way it was unceremoniously removed that has made it stick out in people's minds. But uh, I don't think it's quite quite that good. But yeah, Silent Hill 2, the first trailer they showed for the Blooper Team-led uh, remake was very cutscene, story-heavy, um, and that kind of... You know, obviously, the way people hold that game in their heart, I like Silent Hill 2 a lot, but I'm not, I don't revere it in that in that way. Um, so I'm a little less hot about like this remake uh, or like the potential for it to be to be a letdown, though I certainly, you know, sympathize with folks that like, hey, I waited this long for for this, this, this remake to come along. I, I hear you. Um, and but the combat's never been good in Silent Hill. It was not mm. great in Silent Hill 2. So it doesn't shock me that they would do a combat-focused trailer. But at the end of the day, if they redid the visuals of Silent Hill 2 and didn't change the combat, for like the core audience of this game, I'm not sure it would matter all that much. And so there is something a bit kind of missing. Like, what are people here for? Well, they don't really care that much if swinging the bat uh, against the enemies is a little bit better this time. And so to have a combat focused trailer and if you're going to do so all they showed was that the combat looks eh you know what i mean it's not <laughs> as though like hey we've married the unbelievable storytelling of silent hill 2 with an excellent action game nothing in that video showed that it showed they'd made maybe at best a competent average good enough action game to marry with the storytelling of Silent Hill 2, but we there remain open questions on on Silent Hill Hill 2. And you know what I mean? It's funny, this brings full circle. Uh Kojima working on a new Metal Gear-esque game for Sony. Because right now, everything that Konami has rolled out for look, did we fuck up for a while there? Sure did. But we got a plan for Silent Hill. Their plan doesn't look that great. The first game that they launched, which was this weird mobile game uh, where, like, players are making decisions, it looks awful. Like, nothing about it looks like it has been interesting or all that well executed. The short message does not seem like a disaster, but if you're chasing PT, it doesn't seem like they managed to pull that off. And then Silent Hill 2 looks like a real mixed bag that, at this point, I would expect... My guess is with Silent Hill 2's remake... It's better than the skeptics are giving it credit for, but it's not going to end up hitting particularly hard for the diehards that have been waiting decades for Silent Hill 2 to get uh, a revisitation by, like, a larger group of people. And so if that's where we end up with Silent Hill is, like, this mess of projects, there's one other one that they announced that is a more traditional uh, Silent Hill, the, the name of which I is I forget off the top of my head. And there's the one that's also being made by the Observer uh, folks, so there, there's still potential for some interesting stuff to happen, but it's a messy place for Silent Hill to end up after all this time, um, and which is which is too bad, especially if you have been waiting literal decades for this franchise to reignite in some way. Um, just the thing I'll shout out real quick: mm-hmm. Rise of Ronan looked neat. I'm uh, a sucker yeah. for yeah. you know end of the end of the show gonna. Uh, you know, guns and samurai. All right, All <laughs> sign right. me up. And like, it looked like it looked like uh, very much like you know we're doing a lot of Assassin's Creed stuff, but with a little more emphasis on actually making combat feel good. 
Uh, now the question is whether it will actually feel good, right? Like if it's <laughs> if it if, if if it's you know got the got that good pacing and that 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 good sense of like, uh, you know, timing and reactivity, uh, you know, tightness overall. If that if that's all in yeah. place, I think it could be something really special. If it's kind of loose and uh, you know mushy in terms of you know how it takes inputs and how mm-hmm. all the stuff syncs up. It's going to be Assassin's Creed, but with like <laughs> it'll be Assassin's Creed I mean, with Ronin. It's it's Team Ninja, right? Like so yeah. Neo the Neo people doing like that that game was pretty tight, right? Like actually yeah. in some cases too tight. <laughs> like, too tight. Yeah, that's the, that's the rap of the studio. Yeah. Um it looked really interesting and I was really uh you know looking forward to it. Wait, hold on one, one second. When does it come out? March twenty second. Oh, never mind. Same as Dragon. Same day as Dragon's. That's so soon. (laughs) That's so soon. You should have told me this was. And the same day as Princess Peach Showtime. Mm -hmm. Oh shit! Competing for eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah. What a weird day. March twenty second. Wait. Are we going to be at Pax? Is that when Pax is happening? (laughs) Is it? That's so funny. Oh my god. Well. Hopefully the cap the cap gods will bless us with um, uh, early please, early access. Please, please. please. <laughs> yeah, it, but yeah, it looked it looked neat. I, I'm really mm-hmm. curious though. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be done with infinite wealth by then? Um. I might already be done with infinite wealth, and that's oh, to say no. nothing. No, that's that's not. That's no, no, no. It's not infinite wealth. Did nothing it's wrong. It's not. It's not infinite wealth. It's Patrick. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> well, yeah, no. It's well, not booing Patrick. I'm not booing the game. <laughs> I, I stopped. In, I stopped infinite wealth to finish Prince of Persia, and now I'm gonna finish Prince. I finished Prince of Persia, and now the new Don't Nod game is a week off. And what game? Wait, uh, what? what? Game's that? Banisher. Banishers. Um, uh, why did I not have this on in my calendar at all? What is this? Uh, uh, it's from uh, the Vampire uh, team at Don't Nod um, that uh, made a, a game that I'm very, very fond of uh, for <laughs> as flawed as it was. And they've got a new action story game out that I haven't started yet. But is this I'm, Banisher's Ghost of the New Eden? Yes. Yeah, Ghost of a, New Eden? You know, yeah. I might have just said are, Banishers. If names I were, are I hard. Left that off. But I think they. Mm-hmm. I think that's SEO stuff. Uh, uh, I think it's like if you want people to find your game, you have to have the subtitle for them to parse it through. Like search ah, action is. RPG. I don't. Mm, hmm. I'll put it in the calendar. I don't know if I'm. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Judged by Janet. Like bonk bonk. <laughs> I'll put it in like, the calendar. It, here's the thing. It's like, is this a me genre? I'd have to say no. So it's I'll like, let you I don't want to. That's what I mean. Like that's the thing. Like, be back I, in a I'm week. Not, I, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll put it in there. Was it 13? Same day as uh, Liz Fang. Liz Fanga comes out that day too. Uh, so it's just, it's just it's like infinite wealth is just running up against like like if I'm gonna put any time with banishers, I'm also putting in time with Suicide Squad. Here's and the then thing though, there was Rebirth never gonna be a couple weeks from now. Yeah. There was never gonna be a world where this wouldn't have happened though. Yeah, no, I was I was <laughs> I had accepted this. I have accepted right. that this is like this was the way it was gonna go. The only chance I ever had with playing that game all the way through was I like, can concoct a Daddy's Day off, like just play it all day just for work. Yeah, it's such a yeah. long like it's. You know what? It, yeah, it's so long that I don't even know. I'm going to try to finish it. My goal is to finish it by before the end of March would be my goal. That's good. That's you're giving yourself some real time there. I feel like I completely sure. missed. Let's check in at the end of March. <laughs> yeah. Well, because my plan is to like slow burn that when Final Fantasy comes in, whether that's early or not, put, go, go hard on that. Just run mm-hmm. that into the ground and then go back. 
I see. The infinite wealth, I see. but I don't know. It's like it takes so long. And then, but then, but then I'm you're like, going to oh, be dragging. Today, so I but then all of a sudden you're going to be looking at Dragon's Dogma and be yeah. like, hey, what's going on over here? Huh? Yeah. Like, hang out in the woods. These ice spells look pretty good. Hmm? I'm hoping that, hmm? um, I don't know. We'll see how Infinite Wealth turns out. It, it was very exciting to like pick that game up because I played like a dragon. So I felt like I was telling my chat, I'm like, I, find, I have this like newfound smugness. I'm like, is this what like gatekeepers feel like? Where it's like, <laughs> you don't, oh, you don't know who Adachi is? Wow. Um, if you had played the last game, you would actually, this would be a really meaningful payoff. <laughs> but since you just showed up, I don't know. It made sense to me. Like, I really was like, ooh, this is kind of like, it's kind of nice. Um, I'd never do that. But this is a joke. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my no, God. No, I mean, it's true. Like, everyone like, had a lesser experience with Alan Wake 2 than I did. Like, this is yeah. true. Like, I'm sorry. But, but just... like, it's a lot of the games I play, even if they are a franchise, they're like often in anthology franchise where it's like not yeah. meaningful you know like oh i play you know the story like the story doesn't matter as much or they're like just totally different things so i'm like oh my god a through line that i can throw in people's faces <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> nice anyway but it's a good game yeah we'll it, it is i'm still it. i'm still plugging away at it uh so long <laughs> this is, is it? the thing it's like oh, yeah yeah oh no i, I would, think if you went quickly it'd be like 40 hours easy 40 50 hours probably no, I was just looking at banishers. And is is it just me, or does it feel like they they haven't really like pushed this super hard? I never heard of it. Right, this is the. Well, I don't feel like so I'm, it was supposed to come out in the fall, and then they looked at the release schedule and said, "No, we, we don't want to pull a, an Immortals of Avium." We are, and uh, uh, I'm curious uh, because it does feel like there's so there's a through line in a lot of not just this show, but a lot of shows we do. There is the like. Hey, why didn't people who dig games like this know this was coming out? Yeah. The Hey, are you guys telling people about this? Or you it kind of feels like you're burying it. And then the ultimate payoff. Yeah, I mean to play that someday. Maybe I'll get around to that eventually. <laughs> oh my That's, that looks neat. Yeah. Uh it's it it's not it's not um it's not remember me, so I'm I'm still holding on hope. Remember Maybe they'll go me. back. <laughs> Maybe they'll go back. Say, like, don't don't not tends to rely a lot on word of mouth, right? Like right. Vampire wasn't pushed very hard. Um, Banishers, mm-hmm. my guess is the bodice was the or, sorry, the budget was modestly scoped. Um, like don't not seems pretty good at making like they make a lot of games. Like they're released yeah. one to two two games a year, and that's you know. I, Vampire was good. I don't know if this is going to be good, but I'm I, I'm fascinated to see that team iterate on making. I wish they just made Vampire too. Frankly, <laughs> like that game had so many cool ideas. Oh my gosh, they already they they really do. We put out a lot of stuff. They got this slated for 2025. Koira. Mm-hmm. I mean, They apparently also yeah. put something out in the middle of the summer that I didn't that I. <laughs> The, the harmony, the follow. What is when? Yeah, Koira looks so cute, but I just know it's not gonna be good. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like don't. Well, pack it know. in, marketing team. Well, here's the thing. Don't not like. What's the? Oh my god, I remember. It, seeing, I don't know. Did Vampire oh. hit like that? Because here's the thing, Jusant. Look, it was cool walking around, but like. Oh, I feel okay, like all right. You know, when's well, the last time that something's banged from Don't Not? Is the thing. I feel like they don't have like. 
angry titles lately. Almost like look, Life is Strange Two is yeah, like one of the all time greats. When did that come out though? Now I'm doing it. Years ago. I'm sorry they don't make masterpieces every six months. Let them cook. 2018. They just announced Life is Strange Two. They cook a lot of stuff. 2018. That's, well, here's the thing. Yeah. Ha- Harmony, the fall of Reverie. I remember seeing this, like I do not announced <laughs> or like the like some uh, during one of the many millions of things that we watch, mm-hmm. but didn't realize it ever came out. It mm-hmm. feels like it just got slid out there during that summer, and I didn't hear anything. Only 129 po- reviews on Steam, right? Like no one knows well, about. I am this interested game. in <laughs> yeah. Lost Records. I think that's well. Looks I started neat, it and I didn't like it. It it was a neat idea. <laughs> I don't know if it. I didn't spend a lot of time with it, but it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't that into it. Um, yeah, Captain Spirit was cool. Again, I'm kind of going I into the weeds. Like, I loved Captain Spirit. Captain Spirit That's was not so the weeds. Good. What are we? What are we, the weeds? We're going, I'm going far against, back. Do not like. Do, I'm going like. Five. Do they hurt you? I'm, I'll be honest. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Did the studio hurt you? No, You're it's just that. To- it's, it's just that, like, they I like, making I a lot like of games that could be Life is Strange. Hey, that could have been Life is Strange. And then they're like, we don't want to do Life is Strange anymore. And then they did Tell Me Why, and it's the same. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I just, let me know how Banishers is. Like, I don't know if you deserve to know. Maybe I'll just tell Rob how it is. Wow. I don't think I'm going to be missing out. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the excited for talk Lost Records. Hot, Lost Records look, 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 look cool. And Juicent was fine, but like, uh, like I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> if I worked in video games marketing and I heard conversations like this, I wouldn't feel great. I would just be like, <laughs> no. And, and partly, and partly, it is because what we are saying is here. Yes, you, you personally. Yeah. Are bad at your job, unfortunately. That that's what we mean. But no, but also the things revealed is like my God, like trying to it's like trying to pill a dog. Yeah, it's like here's I mean, like, just so hey, many right. Look there's at this. So many I games. got Prince of Persia for you. Just just <laughs> come over here. Just come on. Got Prince of Persia. And I guess in in this metaphor, that it was like wrapped in bacon, and me and Patrick were like, "This is great. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I want." No, there's so much God. out. I mean, I'm even just looking at like February. Like there's. This looks cool. So, as like shit. I, there's several <laughs> releases like every week coming out. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I want to play. Maybe it. I didn't spend enough time with it. I only spent. Like, I didn't. Play, I know, I'm not trying minutes. to defend Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. I'm just. But are you here to defend Suicide Squad? Am I enjoying? Would you, are you here to defend this? Suicide Squad? Yeah, have you started? I haven't. I haven't, pl- I haven't played enough to to say. I've played like three okay. hours. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ju- I'm just exiting tutorial land i mean the one thing i will say about suicide squad is man, like that's no other studio makes cutscenes the way like the the cutscenes in the batman games are fucking awesome and the ones in this game are also incredibly good um but it's it's too early for me to say too much one way or the other i, I can report back next i mean like the early impressions are not great um like but it's in line with what i would expect to kind of chafe against which is I did a mission and then I got loot. And it's like, I don't, yeah. I don't want loot from this game, mm. but uh, th- whether that reflects on my reaction to just, I wanted them to just keep making single player yeah. multi like Metroid style superhero games and just pick a new superhero. Like that's what I wanted. It's not what they made. What Batman um, to these days. I feel like this is all the- 10 hours though. <laughs> you know, I, mean, not, not, I don't know. It's not, it's not mm. that long. 
I mean, this game immediately undercuts like the, you know, the ending to, and this takes place in the Arkhamverse, right? So like there's a sequence early in Justice League, uh, or uh, sorry, Suicide Squad, where you like go through a Justice League kind of headquarters area and they walk you through the story beats of, uh, you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. I'm going to spoil the, I guess, secret ending of Arkham Knight, um, but we're like, it's implied that like like Batman either disappears or dies in a house fire, but like is no longer part of like exit stage left, and that's that's the end of of Batman in that in that world. And here it's just like ah, but a couple years later he heard about Superman and like just came out of the woodwork is like I think I want to work with these guys. Um, <laughs> it's odd. It feels from a storytelling standpoint, I don't have a problem with like jumping from Arkham Knight to a world full of superheroes, but. It feels like we skipped a game. Like it, it feels right. like there should have been something in between Arkham Knight that gets us to this world that we end up, end up in. It's uh, it's odd for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I sort of like am reversing reversing too much judgment on how it played. I will say, I mean, out of the gate, you know, it's like, hey, do you you want a grappling hook? It's like I do. It's like cool. Here's a, here's mm. a character whose movement abilities are completely around a grappling hook, which is Harley Quinn. The bacon wrapped um, bill. Right. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it is for me. Yes, it, it is. Uh, they even borrow a little bit smartly from Spider Man, in which uh, you have a uh, basically like there's a bat drone, which is how they explain how can you do a grappling hook at all times when you have nothing to grapple to. It's just because mm. a bat drone is following you around, okay, and you, you can cool. use that to swing back and forth. For mobility reasons and also to to fire on enemies while in the sky, but then you can also kind of hook shot onto lots of like tons of surfaces, anything that's around you, um, really uh, to kind of like zip yourself to a spot. And as you zip up, much like in the Insomniac Spider-Man games, you can hit X or you know the equivalent on a different controller, A, um, right before you kind of hit the the thing connecting with where you're going, and it'll kind of like moonshot you off. So you can, and also refill your gauge so that you can continue uh, moving uh, along. It doesn't feel as good as Spider-Man. And so in some ways it's sort of a, it, it's cool that it's here because it's a great design idea, but it doesn't feel like I nail that every time in Spider-Man without thinking about it. Every time you do it in Suicide Squad, it has a little indicator at the bottom that tells you when to press the button, which makes me think that you didn't nail the feel of this if you have to remind players what the window is on it every time. So, mm. yeah, well, let's check back in next week on Suicide Squad. My early impressions are not great, but I'm, I'm trying to give this game a chance to to warm up to me on its own terms uh, because I think so much of the reaction to this game is a exhaustion with live service as a model. And then this isn't like there are many times where we see I wish the studio made the game I wanted them to make. I don't think that's any more exemplified than this it's not the characters anyone wanted and I, anyone i'm being a generous interpretation of, of anyone it's not the game that anyone wanted and yet the studio kind of moved forward whether that's warner brothers interference rocksteady deciding i think actually jason schreier has reported that this is the game rocksteady wanted to make and so um like this is the game they pitched uh in the in the wake of 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 arkham knight so yeah let's check back in next week when i've had a chance to put real real hours into it but early reports are I think if you don't think you're going to like this game, I don't think you're going to like this game. And and that's kind of where I'm How dare at you? so far. <laughs> <laughs> now, if Don't Nod had made this game, you know, maybe it would have been mm-hmm. a little bit uh, different. But, um, you know, who could say? 
A coming of age story about the Teen Titans. I'm not going to say it because it's too mean. <laughs> that sounds great. Actually. actually. Doesn't sound bad, actually. Doesn't sound also, I bad. like Don't Nod, by the way. I don't want this to be like, I. I'm, oh, I no, like no, no. I think so, you've made very clear. Yeah, no, we understand where your position play. is. I was there. Yeah. yeah. Look. Uh, and I'll report back next week. I'm almost done with Immortals of Avium. Uh, I've cool. gotten Patrick. I'm so close. Like, yep. I stepped on a dude with a big colossus type thing um mm, you know, yes. I feel like I'm coming up on the on the like the reveal of like what's really going on even though character basically tells you uh what what, what the score you've is. got a little that game goes it goes a little longer than you think like okay there's there's a a long period you're like i'm right at the end and the game's like hey you got like a couple hours beyond that but it gets a little, little combat heavy uh Combat indulgent, I guess, is the way I'd put it towards towards the end in a way that, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready game. Like, I'm, you know, it's kind of the opposite of Prince of Persia, where every time that game opened a door and said there's another hallway to walk down. I was like, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that I'm walking down this hallway. Yeah, yeah, Immortals, you start seeing enemies warping in. You're like, mm, you could have stayed yeah, home. <laughs> you could have yeah, stayed. Like, I'm, just, mm. I'm just here to chat to some people across the lava lake. I just, I'm yep. not here to fight. I just need to chat to yep. these people before we get on with the story. There, there's yep. a bit of that. I, I will say, though, it is scratching an itch, which is, uh, you know, sometimes I miss Destiny, but I just don't want to get into, like, the playing of Destiny and catching back up. It's just mm-hmm. like, I just like the way that combat feels. And like, I want to float around and shoot things with my three archetypes of guns. <laughs> and uh, Immortals of Avium, really good single-player Destiny uh, game is is kind of the vibe that I get in, nice. in a lot of places, um, including some, like, really good, uh, like, a little bit of, like, 3D platforming shooter arena battles uh, that mm-hmm. are really satisfying to, to, to jump around, especially if you uh, master that grappling hook. And you know the the escapability it gives you. So yeah, continuing continuing to dig it. It's moving up the list of you know. Obviously, you'll <laughs> never know, but I, I think it's somewhere on that goatee list. Oh my god, for Rob, sure, Rob, <sighs> Rob, Rob. The 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 truly the funniest would be just well for the the folks at the zeal tier. Um, uh, you you can get access to Rob's top ten list in August. Oh, hold on, no, <laughs> for the zeal tier, a link. To view only on the draft of Rob's top ten. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That'd be very funny. Uh, if you double your zeal, your zeal thing will let you put a comment in there. <laughs> That's true. No, like uh, if you if you're like the silent devotion to your can't comment on the list. <laughs> Uh, but the zeal tier yeah. is allowed to to leave Mark up. Uh, all right. Uh, quick question. Uh, this comes in from Jacob. Hi, Remappers. I recently got my partner into gaming when I asked if she wanted to try the demo for this language puzzle game thing. And a week later, we finished Chance of Sonar together with her driving most of the time and handing, handling the controller to me during the action stealth sequences. Since then, she's ripped through all of unpacking. Most of the witness really enjoying both. What other games would you recommend for someone who's really excited about games for the first time? The first person twin stick movement of the witness isn't vibing with her. So things like Talos principle, Manifold garden or antechamber are out for now. I'm thinking along the lines of captain toad, professor Layton, or maybe even a short term based RPG. 
but I'm curious if y'all have recommendations. Bonus points for anything that can run on uh, GBA, DS, 3, 3DS, Switch, while my Steam Deck is being uh, RMA'd. So uh, what are the platforms against? Steam Deck, Switch, and what? Nintendo handhelds, basically. Okay, uh, yeah. Up to, up Captain to Toad, if, I feel like, wouldn't feel quite as good on the Switch as it did on the Wii U. I think... Lack of gamepad. If they hadn't mentioned that thing about Twin Stick Movement, I would have said Return of the Oberdin almost mm. immediately. It's just like, mm. oh, another puzzle puzzle type game. You know, not too, you don't have to care about the movement too much to to get into that. The, the other option that my brain immediately went to, I'm not actually sure how well it runs on Switch, but Disco Elysium as like another, like, you know, you don't need to really know, uh, have a ton of background in game playing to like get into that. It's got a really, you know, interesting narrative. So like, if they're interested in like, that side of of things maybe that could be good um switch what other switch like i think um venba could be a good one Ooh. because of the unpacking mm-hmm. reference is yeah, where yeah, i pulled venba yeah. from <clears throat> and the hint of puzzle sorry i'm like choking on something <coughs> just air i guess i don't know um all your could, lies could, about don't nod it finally yeah. caught up to you hey <laughs> I fucking hate you, Patrick. <laughs> I'm gonna go cocoon. Um, I think for like uh, the puzzle aspect oh. of it, you know, over the top. I think is kind of a. I think I realized that was on a good Switch. viewpoint. Nice. Is that on? That is on Switch, right? right. Oh, yeah. uh, I was uh, some of my Probably. favorite. Uh, I fell off the series eventually, but um, the room, um, mm. which are just essentially like rotating, intricate puzzle boxes and like getting them to do you like watching an intricate puzzle box that doesn't release a hell demon like a cenobite on you Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but instead just has it like something delightful inside the whole room series is fantastic and it's on everything it's on switch it's on mobile devices there's a vr one that i played like a year or two back that was really neat um but they're just really simple accessible puzzle games that are very light on uh like actual navigation um baba is you Oh, incredible puzzle game that yeah. I'm so upset I haven't finished. It's so good. Uh, another awesome one that I'm really far into, still have not finished, uh, Patrick's Parabox. Mm. So fun. It's a recursive puzzle game where you're like, not entering into infinite boxes, um, but it's like you're playing with like both the inside and the outside of like almost like box nesting doll kind of format. Um, really intuitive, really fun. I feel like too, if you're really like into just having a boatload of content there's like an immense amount of side optional levels in that game as well like it's just very good um i'm sensing like kind of an adventure vibe from this list is kind of what about ghost list. trick we loved that oh, game jesus christ you know what it would probably <laughs> would be a good a good suggestion from what i've seen and heard i of. think so jesus yes christ thank you for reminding you know what i'm gonna download it i'm gonna put it on my switch before i leave Stop for it. a week uh-huh yeah yeah classic <laughs> classic i'm gonna load up my machine with games i'll never play you oh yeah you explicitly okay. told us you're going on this trip to do board games like yeah i, I guess i'll look ghost stop. trick up i'm gonna learn because how to i cannot snowboard. let go hmm. i cannot let go of like taking like i have to still like i'm weaning myself off of lying to myself right like i can't really fully stop so the work of a lifetime like, yeah. yeah. So now when I go yeah. on trips, I'm like looking into. That's why I'm like, hey, what GBA games should I be rocking with? I'm not gonna play. You know what I mean? But like, it's the thought. I'm like, I'm gonna start using my playdate more because it's the smallest handheld I have. Mm. So if mm. I don't play it, it's the least amount of 
cumbersomeness because I'm not playing it anyway. It doesn't really matter what I bring. No. I just need so I need that nicotine patch of I could do something with my time. Do you do you all have you know? do you all have that that regret Ooh. of like <laughs> bringing bringing things that you never use because yeah. I like. Oh yeah. It doesn't hit it doesn't hit it doesn't hit for me. I like I'm like glad I had it just in case, you know? It didn't happen this time, oh, but you're it like on have. another level of delicious. Every time I've slept <laughs> yes. the Steam Deck around and not used the Steam Deck, I'm like yep. asshole. When I bring oh, the Steam Deck no. and the Switch, you ever do that? You're like, I just you know, because like there's some on the Switch I wanna play, but like yeah, like it didn't happen so this that... time, but I'm glad I had the option, you know? Yeah. No. And it's funny because I would I would only need a few minutes to even justify I just can't. Um, I think Toem's another fun one that's also on Switch. Uh, adventure mm, and puzzly yeah. to a degree. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of going down stuff I've beaten. What, and what Gorgoa? It's fun. Oh, what is that one again? I what? feel like that was like an art-themed puzzle game. You're like sliding sliding puzzle pieces to reveal hidden depths. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly describing it correctly, but... I remember a lot of people dug great it game out. though. Yeah, yeah, great and game. Crucially, it was an, isn't a like a twin stick, uh, right. you know, game in that way. Yeah, so there's, there's some options. Let us let us know if any of them any of them grab you. Stuff like stuff like uh, everybody's gone to the rapture and never made it over to like stuff like Switch, right? Like even that's still too like graphically intensive because like the like low key walking sim can still be a good way to because oh, sometimes yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of times, like like MK's path with games has always been, you know, she played games a bit growing up, but once it moved into twin stick uh, 3D territory, um, it was a combination of like never building the muscle memory to control games like that. More importantly, the motion sickness was just like to mm-hmm. like just never develop like the eyes for it. And that has gotten better as she's like, you know, fallout compelled her to get over that is is what i will say like she got so far into fallout that she was like uh i don't i don't care what it takes i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get past this but so like part of it is just maybe finding the games that are like you know if if there's some if there's some wiggle room there like where where there can be like where the ability to quickly maneuver around in the twin stick mode is not necessarily the key key to progressing that can be a good thing and the walking sim can can fit that mold um except for when you're that cat and edith finch though mm. in the swing i feel like that if you're if you get sick that might not be fun to do but yeah yeah, i don't know i've known people that also have that with like first person where they get sick kind of easily from it i do think you can probably develop some sea legs for it but i wouldn't really know the onboard for that um, uh, everyone's gone to the rapture uh, it was just uh, playstation and but it's on pc so i guess whenever the steam deck Gets back from the shop. That would be a yeah. Also, Lego Builder's Journey because that's on Switch, and that's like Captain Toad, but with Lego people, kind of. Somebody sent an update to last week's uh, to last week's uh, Trapang segment. Oh, Oh. Tabasco da Gama writes, "Uh, "Sup, holothuroidians." I think this is a reference to where this is going. I have an important Trapang update for y'all. Trapang 2 was one of the runs at AGDQ this year, and some information was shared during the run that will solve one of your biggest questions about the game. And I think Kato found this. Uh, we just didn't I, We didn't actually confirm that it was connected. <laughs> Namely, Trapang 1 does, in fact, exist. It was a Ludum Dare game from 2011. 
starring a sea cucumber named Wapley who fights other sea animals by ejecting his organs at them. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> to double confirm that it was related, I signed up to the Trepang 2 developer Discord, where the first question on their fax says that Trepang 1 was a game jam game about a, a sea cucumber, and that the title wow. of the game is indeed the Indonesian word for sea cucumber. They also have a not sketchy at all zip file that presumably contains the executable for Trepang 1. For further edification, I'll provide an additional fun link about sea cucumbers. You see, the organ ejecting mechanic from Trepang 1 is based on a real thing that sea cucumbers do called self-evisceration. Mm-hmm. Here's a YouTube video from the octopus lady about it. May your, or- may your organs stay where they belong, Tabasco de Gama. We all that is this, very right? helpful. About, about sea know. cucumbers? I, 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 I didn't know the term self-evisceration, and I was happier before I did. No, yeah, that that was that's a new one. But I mean, the, the sea cucumber thing, that's like... Semi common knowledge, right? That they just throw their guts out there. No, I thought they just hung. No, they just hung out. Yeah, I'm that's really that's why like that. I know. Yeah, that's because it's peaceful. such as a kid. If you when you hear that, you're like, oh my god, I'm traumatized now. <laughs> um, but that's that's yeah. fun. I, I wonder if you can throw your guts out in Trepang too at some point. Where does that Maybe, game go? Mostly, mostly Maybe you've seen to... throw guns, at, throw shot, throw <laughs> like bullets at people. Yeah. Uh, very funny that they just like kept the name uh, yeah. for, or or maybe there's gonna be some weird tie-in where it's like actually the secret lab project you're part of is trying to harness the power of the sea cucumber and combine it with psychic powers. <laughs> yeah. And I have. Oh, I, have I hope they try no to connect idea. it somehow. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, that will conclude another episode of Remap Radio. Uh, our theme. Wait, song. I, have a, I have a small update. Yeah, small update. What's up? Um, I'll have a full update next week. But I installed Moonlight on my PC and Apple TV. Uh, Moonlight, which is like uses Nvidia's game stream. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, stuff. I I had a a, a a screeners for a a television show that I could only watch on a website. And I was like, I don't want to sit at my desk. So how do I get that to like my main TV? And uh, people said, oh, you can you can just set up essentially desktop access as like a game access. And you could have Moonlight's like really good codec transport that and it'll it'll look good. And there's the latency shouldn't be an issue. And I was like, OK, fuck it. So I set all that up and it worked great for that. Access my desktop very easily just using the Apple TV remote as the as the mouse yeah. um to get around. Um well, I was able to watch the screeners just fine, but I haven't I haven't taken the leap next to seeing how how the games work. So I'll I'll report back next week with an update on that, but it was seamless to it just I took maybe 10 minutes of like jumping through a couple of weird hoops and then an Apple TV app mm. and I could load it up on my phone just fine and navigate with the touchscreen as the mouse, so I'll I'll let you know how it works from the the game perspective, but uh, some of this might be moot because Apple announced that uh, as a result of like pressure from the EU that they're going to allow streaming apps into the App Store. So Microsoft NVIDIA will just be able to add native apps to a bunch of platforms that didn't get it before. But I'll let you I'll let you know if this moonlight promise that uh, a reader wrote in about Rob uh, is worth jumping through the hoops for uh, soon enough. Absolutely. Uh, there's pe- more people writing in, so the, the, I'm sure that your update will 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 uh, 
like induce more people to just offer, mm-hmm. you know, tips and tricks and probably let you know about the importance of supporting open source uh, software options as opposed to <laughs> yeah. uh, corporate walled garden uh, offerings. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take that as it comes. Uh, you can follow everything we do at Remap Radio on Twitch, Blue Sky Twitter, YouTube, and other platforms. Once again, we rely on your audience on your audience we rely on our our audience <laughs> on your support all right what happened <laughs> look you give us money we spend it you make, give us money at remapradio.com there are links <laughs> make show great <laughs> yeah uh this week uh subscribers got to hear Oh, fuck! What came out this week? The, 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 no, this, this it wasn't. A, it wasn't. A, this has been a long. But that was feels, that was public. But that was public feed. That, that was public. So feed. We did a lot okay, of podcasts this week. Subscribers, yeah. subscribe. Look, we yes, that's the that's the thing to remember. We recorded so many things for y'all <laughs> this week. Yes, all good things flowed into the city. You know, you you got the um, you got the immortals of Avium inter- interview on on the public feed. But that Godzilla minus one show is coming. Mm-hmm. That. Alan Alan Wake Two spoiler cast. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Uh, at least the the part of it that doesn't involve the DLC that's coming. Well, we'll <laughs> you know, the, the, the next one. I don't know when that. Yeah, will come out. Uh, you know. But yeah, lots of lots of good stuff headed your way. And then, uh, you know, I got cranky and I wrote about how much I am unhappy about my my Peacock subscription because they fucked up my one of my favorite races of the year, and I'm mad. But actually, mm-hmm. I think it's just like. And the landscape for sports broadcasting is getting pretty <laughs> dire out there trying to find a decent decent experience but uh you know that that's that's one thing that went up on the site uh your sport also lets us set time aside for streaming this week you know, as we alluded to we were all fired from lethal company um maybe we'll maybe we'll give that another shot we watched the state of play and then i think as you are downloading this episode hopefully uh, way after, way after, way after. Okay, Cause, it's cause already we're doing, done. We, we flipped, we flipped it. Right, we're doing Lunacid in the morning. So we're doing yeah. it in the morning. Patrick's yeah. got to head out to Go Wisconsin, the so they're they're playing they're <laughs> playing Lunacid uh, in, in the morning. But by the time you listen to this, you can go watch the VOD uh, and and enjoy that. We'll be back next week with another episode of Remap Radio. Until then, thanks so much for choosing to spend some of your time with us. Fuck capitalism. Go home. Yeah.